recording because I feel this is pertinent as a subject as well, since you'll probably be the second person on here that knows what Twitch is. Excellent. <laughs> um, Derek Field. Um, do you watch a lot of Twitch since we're in on that subject? Yeah. So the guy I've been watching a lot of is Maximilian Dude, and he's a major player in the fighting game community. He has a lot of great content and he plays mostly fighting games, but his group also does like Mario Party or um, they'll do like Resident Evil. And he's more like of a when you variety. say fighting game, are you talking like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter? Very and, much so, yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers, stuff yep. like that. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I didn't realize the community that's and like how competitive mm-hmm. Smash Brothers can be. And like that, the like the newer ones are not the good ones. When you talk to those people. Yeah, that's fair. So recently, this is going back about three months, I joined our local fighting game community. It's the Regina FGC. And we call ourselves QCF, Queen City Fighters. So we came up with that moniker from a specific motion that you would do with your joystick. Oh, God. So (laughs) the thing about fighting games is that a lot of them can get really complicated really fast. um, And... One of the most basic moves is you'll move your joystick from the bottom to the side in a yep. quarter of a circle. So that's where we came up with QCF. Oh, cool. Just, just happened to match. Um, what's the most played fighting game? So among Regina right now, um, Street Fighter V is the most popular game for sure. Uh, I'm more part of the Guilty Gear crowd. We play Guilty Gear Exard, Rev 2. Seeing those ones, now you're over my head. Yeah, so it's an anime game, like about as anime as you can get. Okay. Uh, But yeah, like I think I woke up early July and I thought to myself, you know what? I had a good time playing fighting games previously. I want to get back in there. I want to meet some local people and maybe play face-to-face because online, some of those games, they can be a challenge just to get a decent match in. Um, how good of a connection do you need then for because fighting games are like mm. the very like it's like Fortnite I guess is and the shooters are that way to a point too right like where your reflexes and milliseconds matter right like mm-hmm. so for fighting games like the matter of hitting block in time like yeah I don't feel like that's like the further you get away from people I like distance and internet speed I feel like that will really mess things up yeah that's true uh, so I've been playing on a 10 10- megabit per second connection i recently upgraded to sastel's most expensive plan that doesn't involve fiber um, but it hasn't made a big difference it depends a lot on the game to be honest like the network architecture and we could get way into the reads with talking about that so i won't bore you with the details (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah guilty gear is the game that i've been focused on the most and for the first six weeks or so, I went to the local meetings where we, we meet up and we bring our PlayStations down with monitors and we all play together. Um, on average, we're getting like 15, 20 oh, people, wow. which is pretty good, which is awesome. And yeah, I lost every match I played for the first six weeks while I learned the game. But, it's a steep yeah. learning curve with anything, I'd assume, right? Like, Yeah, like fighting games in particular, they have one of the steepest learning curves you'll ever see. It's not like... So Smash Brothers is a bit of an exception, although that's a separate topic on its own where I can't say that Smash Bros. is looked favorably upon by most of the fighting game community. Does it have the highest echelon for like 
uh, esports though? Like, what's the like? I guess what's the big money one? Hmm. So, in general, each fighting game is split up into its own pro league at the moment. So. The one that I watch the most of is the Capcom Pro Tour, where okay. they play Street Fighter in all sorts of locations across the globe. Um, the most prestigious tournament that I've watched personally is Evo, which is held in Las Vegas every year. And actually, some of our locals went down there as well to play and to watch lots of excellent fighting games. Um, I'm trying to think, like the Capcom World Cup is coming up pretty fast, and that's where we'll see like the absolute top tier street fighter players battle it out it's really fun to watch actually um is it always the newest one because i noticed when i was watching smash brothers um i can't remember why it snuck into one of the streams that i watched where like the roommate of the guy was a mm. was working his way up and it seemed like the ends i think it, i could be misspeaking the n64 one yeah seemed to get the most love and i found that just mind-blowing that as they've made more and more games with like more and more technology, people preferred a specific mm-hmm. one, right? Like, yeah, is it that way or is Capcom pretty good about listening to the community and growing it the right way? So with Smash Bros, Melee is still the one that is held with the highest esteem by their community for sure like far and away there are tournaments for like the one for wii u for example um i've seen maybe one for brawl the one on wii um but i think we might see a resurgence in december when smash bros ultimate comes out um but it's been pretty quiet as far as like the bigger tournaments go they give a lot more press to the latest kid on the block dragon ball fighters (laughs) but is yeah, but then is that where something like Twitch can kind of put the spotlight back to where people are playing the... Yeah, that's a good point. So right now, the most streamed fighting game on Twitch is by far Dragon Ball Fighters, and I don't have you heard of that one? No, but I'll Google it while you're... Excellent. So it's a, a team-based fighting game, so usually there'll be the Mortal Kombat, say, one-on-one, um, Injustice as well. But this one, Dragon Ball Fighters, is a three-on-three so you'll pick three different characters and throughout the match um, you'll start off with one but if that one's KO'd then you'll switch to your other character and you can also call them in for team specific moves that they can do or assists which is where the most love team based fighting game is still Marvel vs. Capcom I was going to say like (laughs) I'm probably at least two generations ahead of you Uh because I'm the same age as Paul and Sean right and we're all in our 40s and I remember being a teenager when the Mar- the first Marvel versus Capcom came mm. out, right? And it was just like mind blowing, right? Because you built your team; it wasn't just a a Street Fighter. And I remember playing like the original, like Double Dragon, and just like mm-hmm. those and the original Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, where it was the first like video games where there was all of a sudden depth, right? And then, but it was always just like punch, kick, two button stuff, right? So my Dragon Ball Z knowledge is minimal. Uh-huh. And so, but I have so many of my friends, even like the wrestlers that I'm friends with, they're like your age, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're all, so they're a different generation because it's Dragon Ball Z is a huge part of their knowledge that I know nothing about. Um, I'm a known Pokemon, at least just because of my kid, right? For sure. And um, so, yeah, I missed a bunch of that, the wave of some of the popular games for that series. So like, I don't know any of the characters but is that the one that everyone gravitates to then? So for the team-based fighting games especially, 
people will gravitate to the characters that are the strongest. So at the moment, what we see of a lot is um, Kid Boo. He's a little purple dude, and he's got stretchy limbs. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of playing the game for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I, I tried him out. He was pretty fun to play. Um, Goku Black. Now, Goku being the main character, he's got several he might, versions. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> The black one is... Um, he's like the evil version from a different anime. So you've got your Dragon Ball Z. And then there's Dragon Ball Super, which is where Goku Black comes from. Um, and then that's predated by Dragon Ball, where Goku's just a little youngster working his way up through the top. See, I think that's where the majority of the memes come from, is always like the old Dragon Ball Z cartoon, or at least that's... It was the first anime I saw. That was before I knew what anime even was. Back on Toonami, I think it would have been. Like, feels like forever ago now. So that's like... When you go through all the different, I love it because Twitch pretty much like you open it up and you just you see like, and it'll always be the obvious like League of Legends will be number one and now Fortnite is fighting for up there and there's the Dota's and all that and like how far do you have to kind of scroll down to find the to get the, the fighting games? games? Uh, uh, like three quarters of the way down, like they're usually pulling in like maybe two thousand viewers, so you have to scroll quite a ways. And the reason for that is, um, I mean, they're just not as visually appealing as a lot of those team-based games. Not in the same way. Like I enjoy watching them for sure, but there's not always like for League of Legends, for example. You have the pro circuit there too, the yeah. LCS, and I've watched a ton of that. I think Fortnite might actually be taking over as far as numbers, raw numbers, and we can thank Ninja for that. Yeah, he's it's him and there's another one, Cypher, that I watch too. But mm-hmm. it's like, I just don't have the reflexes. Like, them, and it's the building part. Like, I can go in and shoot a gun and I can do yep. that stuff. But I think, or at least in my opinion, the appeal of it, because others have come out since. Because mm-hmm. there was um, Player Unknown Battleground. Yep. And I think, yeah, the lawsuit got dropped because they were the same game engine as. Like, like the epic Unreal Engine, right? Mm-hmm. And then that came out, and then there was like Realm Royale, and like everybody kind of stopped what they were doing and started making all these Royale games, but I don't feel it has the same like charm. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know if it's the building part of it or that it's cartoony. So the first Battle Royale game that I know of that I watched was H1Z1 Battle Royale. Yeah. And that was before the game focused on that because it was primarily a zombie survival. Mm -hmm. Uh, I played a ton of Battlegrounds. Like, I think my Steam profile has 275 hours of that. And that seems like a lot for an early access game at that time. Like, I quit shortly after it came out of early access because it just, even after so long, it's not optimized yet whereas Fortnite comes out and immediately it's got a higher level of polish it's more fun to play and it's just nicer to look at most of the time too yeah and like i think the way they catch the kids is like the dances the emotes the costumes yeah like because i tried what is it elysium and it's another battle royale game, but it's based on like it's getting cold. Like they always find their way of like pushing you all together over time. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I think it's Elysium that I saw people playing, and it's based in like 
you pair drop into a super cold area and then a cold storm's coming in, right? And it just felt boring, but it was it looked better. Mm-hmm. Like it looked realistic. Yeah. And every gun was realistic and I'm sure the stats on like bullet drop and like everything was to a T and recoil was like it doesn't seem like Fortnite has as realistic of a recoil either. Like it's no. easier to shoot, right? Yeah. And so the realistic game, I played two rounds, got killed by things that I had no idea where they it came from, right? Yep. So, like, you have to fine-tune it where it, like... Because I think Epic just made a billion dollars yes. now in total. So, it's... And, and counting. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why the lawsuit got dropped, right? Because PUBG kind of jumped out because it was cool. You had vehicles and you could go in the water and... There was more to it, right? So, but it was sixty bucks too, right? I yeah. think the free to play thing kind of made a difference. Free to play is why it's penetrated the cultural zeitgeist so much. Um, so many stories I've read online about uh, about kids, like high school kids, mostly just destroying their bandwidth at school, uh, playing during class on their cell phones, things like that. Uh, I wonder though, do you play with Xander? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, my second computer is not good. It's about eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so we just stopped, right? Because one of us would be like perfectly fine, full frame rate. Like um, the computer itself is maybe less than two years old and it was top of the line. Like I dropped a few thousand dollars on it just to get right. a good machine. But I did that eight years ago. Right. And it's just run its course. So I can't have both of them running full tilt where both of us can do but we play together that's good um and the playground mode is a playground yeah where, where you, you can't just, die what where you can't die well it, there's no reaper you can die or you can there's die, no repercussions yeah, you right just you respawn just, but like i know the pros go in there to work on their skills of like being able to run shoot build mm-hmm. but kids love it because they just chop down all the trees and just start making fun stuff right and like exactly um that's where my son prefers to go into with all of his buddies they just go in and build stuff and it almost becomes now a minecraft like we were talking about minecraft right before i hit record and it's like it's not the same game in their mind to them right like mm-hmm. um i don't ever hear him upset that he doesn't win a battle royale like i probably get more upset about that if i'm like super like i at least get my win every season so yeah because you unlock a parasol right right for winning so since i've started taking it where i'm like paying attention trying to get better at it i have a season five and season six like solo win cool and um but yeah like he's him and like it sucks because i got an account and i paid for the battle pass yep so then he wants all the cool stuff that's not on his. Mm-hmm. So now I've got a dozen eight, eight to ten year olds added on my account. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, like it's fun, but it's weird to see like they have zero stress about winning in that game, which I find weird. Hmm. Where like the older people really stress out and they want to have the wins because I'm sure Ninja, like you brought him up. Yep. And um, I'm sure the. The appeal of him is he's winning how many per stream. Oh yeah, he wins a ton. And of how his many games? And he dives into like the high traffic areas where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go over here behind here and like yeah. cut down a few trees and yeah. hope I get a gun and not go to tilted towers. That's for sure. No, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I I want to play squads and stuff like that, but then if you go on, you'll get people without a mic. Yep, they'll click on tilted and you're like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've only played pre-mades with friends. Yeah. Um, I have definitely taken a 
big step back recently. Like I, did, I haven't even played the recent season. I like played nonstop for two seasons, and then I, I just wanted to play other stuff. So I've been playing Spider-Man. And I hear nothing but amazing things about it. And when I watch streamers playing it, it looks incredible. I see what you did there. What? Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was that smart. <laughs> well, the difficulty levels are amazing and spectacular. Oh, you. And superior. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that Doc Ock run. It's, uh, it's a really good game. Like, Might be my game of the year. Uh, if only God of War hadn't come out earlier this year. It would be like 100%. Yeah. I remember just all the reviews said, and they pretty much said, it captures being Spider-Man. And I don't know if it's because of the web swinging or the physics or how his spider sense works or just the combination of it. But like most streamers have wrapped it up and have finished the story and have moved on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So there was like, it's weird. Like some of those like console games get like a three week window where all the top tier kind of variety streamers blow through it and want to be the first ones that you can watch play to the end and then it's gone yeah there's a guy i like to watch as well on the weekends uh co carnage he's also a variety streamer um and but he's very consistent with his schedule so i don't get to watch him at all during the week since i gotta go to my job mm-hmm. but on the weekend i tune in and he's always playing the the newer single player games so i, I just couldn't watch him for like two weeks or so and then you kind of miss out on the content, right? Well, that's fine because I was busy playing Spider-Man. I didn't yeah. want any spoilers at all. And I recommend if you do ever play it, don't let anyone spoil anything because it's a fantastic story. Um, a much better story than was told in at least one of the Sam Raimi movies. I just saw... It's funny. In my YouTube feed, a thing came up and it was like a guy went back and analyzed the three Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the, the headings was like... They're way worse than we remember. And I was like, they're okay. But like, mm. the gen- I still haven't watched Homecoming. I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm burnt out on Marvel right now. Okay. And DC frustrates me because that was kind of my company or my love of characters more so. And I don't feel they've really nailed them lately. But yeah, I haven't watched a lot of the Spider-Man just because, but I get what you say. Like, it seems like video games, because they get left alone, almost ha- they can make it a better story and there's not... Hollywood breathing down their neck to have a formula to make money and to um, touch on all the different social justice causes and mm-hmm. stereo or demographics, I guess is what I'm looking for. And like, so you can just tell the story you want to tell. So there I'm, is a lot of politics right now in like video game journalism, especially. Um, it's kind of wearing on me a little bit. Like, I do, do we need to have another story about, you know, the the skin color of a particular character in a video game? Maybe, not sure. Well, you saw the backlash Ninja got right, where oh, you wouldn't stream with female streamers. Yeah, and there's there's good arguments for both sides. So, uh, you've probably read a lot about it as well. Um, well, I guess for people listening who do think I'm speaking another language half the time, anyways. Um, so Ninja, the top Fortnite streamer. Let me see, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I kind of just I watch. I don't get involved mm-hmm. with the drama of it. Right, he's married. Yes. And his, I believe his wife is helps him with his content and all that stuff. And I think he came out at one point and said he will not team up with female streamers. And it's pretty much he doesn't want to become a Me Too statement if he ever says something mm-hmm. and it gets taken the wrong way. Which, And once you become popular, there's people out there looking to take something you say the wrong way. And he's like, I'm not even going to give them this opportunity. I'm just 
not going to stream with women. And so then all of a sudden it gets taken. Yeah, you've nailed it so far. Um, There's two general sides to this issue. And that's one that he should do what he can to help help out the the ladies of Twitch. Um, Because he's such a popular streamer, he can help shine some light on maybe other streamers particularly women in this case that aren't getting a lot of traffic on yeah. their on their page um there are good reasons for that because he's become such a an influence influential person in the fortnite and the video gaming community like i've seen i've seen him on like bigger tv stations talking about his success on twitch um do you know who um the streamer disguised host is uh yeah isn't that the guy who wears like a mask all the time he used to wear a mask of toast wearing sunglasses yeah and then it fell off one day and then everyone knew who he was he played a lot of hearthstone right (laughs) he's a huge hearthstone guy but he's um he's canadian he's from toronto um and he's a math i can't remember if he's a math major or a math master but he's insane math so he's good with the card games and the probability of it yeah he just did a recent video and if you haven't seen it he and i know he took a lot of slack for it he completely broke down the pay formula for twitch really and i think it opened a lot of eyes and he pretty much took what he makes extrapolated it to bigger people and smaller people and then added in like what you get paid for advertising or if you get paid to play someone's game during a stream and he took all that into account and he pretty much nailed it down to that ninja's making a half a million dollars a month that's insane and just wrapping up that thread um the other argument for his recent drama was that well no he maybe he shouldn't stream with female streamers because it's so easy for the twitch chat and um you know twitter and social media in general to just start rumors yep. and that that's what he's trying to avoid is drama and he's his heart's somewhat in the right place there's obvious arguments for both and it's hard to say which there's no right side there's no right answer to that problem yeah and it's like i feel his rationale is great he's like i'm married i'm happily married and i never ever want to have anything that i say warped and used against me Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna stop it here yeah so he'll deal with this little bit of a fire now i don't know if it gets brought up even anymore right like he kind of dealt with it there was the backlash but I like his reasoning. I know everybody won't like his reasoning. He's just doesn't want to become a me too statement at some point in the future in case he says something inappropriate. So now he's just gaming with the guys and yeah, um, and to, he's entertaining. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, him and Cypher PK would be the two Fortnite guys that I watch. Mm-hmm. And then if I should, I'm, I'm horrible. I kind of gravitate to the high traffic ones and I feel like I should be giving the little guy there more of their, like views because the big guys don't need me they don't need my twitch prime they don't need anything from me they're already getting it in spades right yeah and um like my friend shammy who was on here when he streams and i'll pop in and he's got a solid like half dozen to a dozen people that come in but he's in that category of variety and i think those people have the biggest uphill battle because they're not that specialist right like disguised toast is the guy you and there's another one from Toronto called Kriparian. He gets... Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of him as well. So, and it blows my mind that, like, three of probably my five favorite Hearthstone streamers are in Toronto. Hmm. Because Kriparian's Toronto, Disguised yep. Toast is Toronto, and there's a guy called Hot Form who went to the 20... 
15 world championship finals for Hearthstone. I was rooting for him. Hot for him? Mm-hmm. And he's a great guy because he's another one that's like super intelligent. And um, and that's why I came into Twitch. It was like I was watching to get better at stuff. Yep. And, I, and so those three were awesome. And they were all Canadian. I didn't know that originally either, right? And then I follow another guy named Rainad who, and now he just runs Tempo Storm, the one E-team. But he was another one that was like really good at just, I'm doing this because of this. I'm doing this because of this. Don't do this. And like people in chat will throw like, hey, you didn't make the right play. And he would be like, actually this and this and this is why. And that's why I liked Twitch originally. I think I found it for Magic the Gathering because I just would want to watch to get better. Right. And it's... Hmm. Yeah, I haven't played Magic. I don't think I'll ever dip into that pool. But I used to put on a lot of Hearthstone streams on my second monitor while I'm doing other things. And Hearthstone's a great game to watch in the background while you're yep. like, painting miniatures, for example, which is something else I do a ton of. Um, or just playing another game. Yeah, because it's not a high-focus, intensive thing to do, right? No. Um, who do you gravitate towards? For Hearthstone yeah. stuff, um, I'd have to say Raynad as well. Like he's been my favorite Hearthstone streamer to watch. He's generally entertaining, and his plays are uh, usually very, very crisp. We'll say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just like his no BS mentality. Also, right? Yeah. Like, and the fact that he's like pretty much said that he doesn't enjoy the direction they're going, and he has enough money. So when somebody's like, "Why don't you do it better?" and He's going to, right? He, he has his own game called The Bazaar that's being developed right now also. And, like, I think that's cool. Like, he was a very competitive Magic player in his teens. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And he got booted for cheating from a Pro Tour. That's the way I understand it. I just um, saw a story about the Pro Tour. It was a, There was a guy, he's one of the top Pro Tour players, but at one of the largest events this season, he just didn't play, which completely screwed the bracket so that's an interesting story that i happened to catch online this week. i wonder who it was i'll have to look yeah have a look because there was a high profile player who just i think he's taking a stance on the fact that um fantasy flight right no wizards, wizards of the coast wizards is the ones that owns them yeah 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 and the hasbro I, is like the big main banner i play too many games and <laughs> wizards of the coast doesn't pay their pro players that's what i've read anyways yeah just i with think the if payouts. you're in the hall of fame you get free entry and you always auto qualify but i still think you have to like find your way there yeah so if it's pro tour milan like oh yeah <laughs> who can afford that right like so at least i think there's one or two that are always like continental u.s if not more. Mm-hmm. But then they have the different formats and it's convoluted, right? Like I played Magic for two and a half years where I was like trying and trying to get better and wanted all the good cards. It's expensive. Um, but then being a company, they made it that all the new cards only stayed relevant or like standard, they call it, right? Um, for two years. And then they rotate out into the modern set, right? And then... They got more money grubby and they made it 18 months. Oh, wow. That's a really fast season for a physical card game. Right. And it's like there's four sets a year. So you're dropping one to how, I don't know how many hundred, let's say one to $500 every three months. 
Hmm. And just just to play magic competitively? Hmm? Just to play competitively? Yes. Wow. Okay. I would say, and that's the one thing, right? Like, once a card is deemed a good card, it'll go up insanely in value, right? And you're not going to, and and sealed packs bug me to a point too, right? Because you might as well go buy and scratch and win ticket, right? Like, it's just... With the amount of money that they... Um some of the players even locally here is I do War Machine every Wednesday when I can and they have Commander going on uh, some of the numbers that I've heard about how much this card costs or how much it will cost to put this particular deck together just blows my mind and that's the thing now too like Commander was made to be like the kitchen table play with your friends one because you're only allowed one of each card in your deck and they blew it up to a hundred card deck so if there's something super powerful you may never see it but now there's like $800 commander decks because then they want 100 of the best of everything, right? And it's like there's always someone with money that will pay to win. Nerds have a lot of money. Yeah. If conventions <laughs> have taught me anything, it's that we have a lot of cash. Yeah, and it's the disposable income thing that makes it like... And I don't like it being pay to win to a point, right? Like skill should win in the end. And that's kind of why I moved over to Hearthstone originally was like there was three expansions a year and you'd have to spend if you saved your because you could make gold in the game to buy packs right yep and then you could when cards rotated out instead of having a waste of cards you dust them and build cards from the new set and it was a really cool economy that you could kind of stay self-sufficient right like one of the one guy who used to come to all the magic all the time he might still all the time he just got to legendary rank which i've never even done on hearthstone right Mm -hmm. and he got legendary and he's never paid a dollar for a pack so he's he's earned them all. He's completely free to play, and he made it to legendary last month for the first time. That's awesome. I know, but and I like that that's attainable because it's not with magic. Like the second a card's any good, it'll go from like twenty to eighty bucks. Yeah, per card. Oh my! And you need four in your deck. I was in Toronto. We're talking years and years ago, um, and I saw Pokemon cards going for a similar amounts, like a Blastoise. A yep. very nice foil one was going for like $120 and I just can't imagine spending that much on one single card though I will spend that much on a particularly nice statue for my gaming room yeah it's to each their own right it's just I don't like forced rotation mm-hmm. and it bugs me and even Hearthstone right now is in a really boring stale place right like yeah I'm trying to remember which expansion I stopped playing in maybe the goblins and gnomes one so not too long ago but like i feel like they like someone smart that obviously because there's smarter players than there are on any research and development program right like magic has to be more diligent because it prints it so it's permanent right at least with hearthstone you can go into the coding you can change a card but i feel they're so afraid to go in there and change anything that things get out of hand. Like, so you've probably played through the Jade Druid era. Yeah, yeah, I did. Which was oppressive and horrible. And there were a lot of games that I did not enjoy. Right. And I don't think, I just, I don't know. I've been playing for over three years. Like, I came in on the Grand Tournament, which was like the second expansion, I think, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's had its ups and downs, but they always seem to sit on their hands for like easily two months that they should be proactive about, right? And, I don't know why they don't act sooner. Yeah, you'd think with a digital format, they could 
pump out content more quickly maybe it's the number of cards that they have now that they have to weigh and balance at all times yeah because i know they've had interactions in the coding wrong where people have abused it <laughs> oh i've seen some cool videos where um it was a yogg where he like cast a random spell for the number of spells that you've played that game yeah and they did he wasn't a problem till he showed up at worlds yeah and then they saw what horrible things happen Absolutely. Because you'd be down to one life and you're like, I'm going to die next turn. So let's play Yogg-Saron. And all of a sudden he'll like, if it, and it's random, right? But all of a sudden it would be like, he'll do a bunch of good things for you and maybe heal your whole side and add some guys and blast the other guy down. <laughs> and it completely turns the table and there's zero skill involved. Yep. Zero. And I feel like the game is at its lowest skill cap right now. A lot of random effects. Random effects and combos. So you're it's you're not playing against another person, and there's, you're not strategizing as much what's going on in the board. Mm-hmm. Is you're trying to put all the pieces together first to kill the guy in one turn. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of mages do that. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of of that. And the old freeze mage, like they finally got rid of ice block, which like, saved you for one turn, right? Like it's rotated out. And oh, you can't, it's not you, in the standard format, right? Okay, like at least they're pitching some stuff out that they find oppressive but then something new oppressive comes in like disguised toast on the first day of the one expansion he figured out um shutterwalk shaman mm-hmm. where have you seen shutterwalk i haven't seen so please enlighten me um when you play him for nine he recasts every battle cry oh like every battle cry you've played right from the start all of the game match. okay so he found a loophole where there's one guy that duplicates himself as his battle cry and then at this in the same set they released a guy called grumble that when you play him he brings everything else back to your hand and makes it cost one okay so all of a sudden if you play grumble and you play the guy that duplicates himself and then you play Shutterwalk with all these other effects going and there's a mosquito now that does three damage to the other hero and heals you for three yep so if you get all those off and then you play Shutterwalk, he drains the other guy heals you duplicates himself and returns it to his hand and makes it cost one that's that sounds too good so shampoo rinse repeat yeah the only thing is you have to get through your deck and play them all and it's random order right so sometimes it won't play out for you right but like Mm -hmm. i can just it just it it infuriates people because you feel helpless because then he'll just play he'll put two healing reins in his deck that heal you for 12 and then for sure just he'll just stall put, it yeah right he stalls he puts board wipes and taunts and um other battle cries that help like battle cries that wipe do two damage to everything or like battle cries that freeze things so they can't attack the next turn and it's a complete like 10 to 15 rounds of stall oh that must be so fun to play against yeah and it's just <laughs> but there's more of those now right like they made a mech Cthun that his death rattle is that when he dies if your hand's empty and your deck's empty Mm -hmm. you win oh you just automatically win right so now there's people that are trying to figure out how to blow through their deck like just all they play is draw card death rattle minions right yeah blow through their deck and just play him with a way and loophole that he dies at the end of the turn right game over right and so once again it's stall stall and it's like it's a term from magic right like in the past when because ben brode quit hearthstone and has moved on right 
and you can almost notice whenever they came up with combo decks like if you do a certain thing it's a win condition he would nix them right away um Mm -hmm. there was the one guy that if he took damage he'd create another of himself i can't remember what he's called it was the um oh man it was a warrior it was a dark iron dark iron but yeah and he would yell everyone get in here and they would just find a way to like duplicate him and there was one card that said anything with a three attacker less gains charge uh so you would (laughs) i did that combo a lot yeah but (laughs) but they nixed it and they took away the girl that gave uh the war song yeah like war song lieutenant or something like that yeah but right away once that got out of hand they nerfed her that and they all lost charge, and the one-turn kill was gone. Yep. They stopped doing that when Broad left. I think Broad was the big proponent of it still being fun and not feeling like you got hosed. Right. And so, like, that Shutterwalk, you feel like you got hosed. Yeah. Freeze a- Mage, you feel like you got hosed. And now, and Mechathune, you feel like you... And so now, everyone is either playing aggro decks that'll kill you by turn five, because mm-hmm. they don't want to... No, they don't want you to get to your late game. Right. Or... It's a late game battle, and now all of a sudden, I think Disguised Toast played an hour and forty minute game of Hearthstone. It was some ridiculous number. How do you even? I can't even imagine that. Um, there's guys that reshuffle everything into your deck, or maybe like create cards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a priest card called Archmage Benedictus that whatever's left in the other guy's deck, you shuffle it into yours, and now oh, your deck wow. is right. There's a warrior card that whatever's in your hand, you just put it back in your deck. Like ultra control. Yeah. There's a rogue card that just takes 10 random cards from the other guy's class and puts them into your deck. 10? So, yeah. Back so when I was playing, he could only do like one card from the I know. other class. Oh my. And it's all random, right? So people are either feeling cheated by randomness or they're just feeling like they wasted 20 minutes of their life. Yeah. And that's where that game's at. And it's funny because I feel like I'm talking too much, so I'll shut up soon. Um, And it's right on the cusp of Magic, the grandfather of all card games. They finally came out with Arena, their digital version. And they threw a whole bunch of money at Raynad, Kriparian, Disguise Toast. And they have them all playing the new Magic digital game. Arena. Yeah, Arena right now. I got a beta invite for that. Should I play it? Um, If you enjoy Magic. I've never played Magic. You can free to play it. Okay. It has the same gold system where if you complete daily quests, you get yeah. gold to buy packs. But there's also those people who can throw $1,000 at it. And Like, I installed it today. I got a code. Yep. Went in. And they're like, here's a handful of beginner cards. Go and try. And I went in and some guy who had paid hundreds of dollars had already, like, a tweaked deck yeah and destroyed me right away and i'm like well that was no fun uninstall right like it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that'll probably be my experience as well if i try to now does it have a tutorial that yep. teaches yeah okay yeah because it teaches you because there's more and that's what made hearthstone popular right it was like it was easier because magic there's phases and there's spells are either instant or sorcery and mm-hmm. there's a main there's two main phases with combat in the middle but you can interrupt and do things and right like it i felt it was too complicated to be a digital game they've tried they're pushing it right and they're right. trying because i think somebody at hasbro finally just went like why are we not making hearthstone money because hearthstone makes a stupid oh, amount of money yeah. every month right and so when you're the originator of the card game yeah and all of a sudden somebody over here is making all the digital money on it mm-hmm. you're gonna want in on it so they're trying and they're throwing a lot of money at a lot of streamers to play it just to get people talking right for sure 
they call them influencers these days. Is that the word for it? Yeah, I first started on Jack Frag's channel. <laughs> I love his content. I'll have uh, to check him out. He, he's a YouTuber and he does do Twitch streams. Uh, mostly like a shooter guy. So okay. You see a lot of Battlefield. You'll see some Call of Duty. Um, yeah, pretty much every shooter under the sun he's played. Nice. And I know in that Disguised Toast video, he said that the high-end guys, like on his caliber or higher, right? Um, they get paid one to $10,000 per hour hmm. to play a game that they don't want to play that's a sponsored game. Okay. Can you 10, imagine 000? making... What? 10000 Yes. Oh, my. One to 10000 an hour. I can't to imagine. To showcase someone's game. That, because it's not your normal game to play, right? And it's No, for So sure. you're going to lose people who came there to see you play what you are known for. But how many are going to stay and be like, oh, he must be doing this because he really wants to. And it's no, he just got given $10,000 an hour. Yeah. I think they call them shills. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can you imagine $30,000 for three hours of work? No. No, can't do that. Um, I do respect Twitch streamers, though, because of how much work that the successful ones have to put in to make that level of money. Like. You have to be constantly available via social media. You have to be streaming a consistent schedule. Otherwise, you're losing potentially thousands of viewers because they unsubbed right as soon as they couldn't get you when they wanted you to be yeah. online. Um, but there's really two paths for pro, we'll say, playing games for a living. You can either go the esports route and focus on one game for as long as possible. I definitely thought about that kind of thing. Not for me. Not for me. No, and it's... And a lot of them do, like, work their 9 to 5 job and then try and stream to whatever wee hours in the morning, right? And I know we brought up Kriparian. Like, he just made the life choice that he's like, there's nobody high-end on between 10 p.m. and 6 Mm a.m. He's only in Toronto. Yeah. But that's the hours he's streaming because he knows those are low-profile, there's less competition. Okay. Smart move. Like, literally... On set release days, he'll come on earlier. Right. But I think he sleeps all day. And okay. he, like, wakes up, does his thing. But he just bought a mansion somewhere, I think. In Toronto, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, and he knows. So, like, you'll watch, like, your rain ads, or for me at least. And I'll watch all my normal, like, after work people from 5 to 8. And then somewhere between 8 and 10 p.m., Kriparian rolls out of bed and, like, fires up his stream. And he's got... It's almost like a wrestler, right? Like he has this like build up intro music yep. before he comes in and he goes then for like six, eight hours. Yeah. The dude I mentioned, Maximilian, he also has an intro, like a fully animated intro that looks incredible. Yeah. And it's just, it's dumb. Like you'll have to watch that video by Toast because it just, it opens your eyes like, and even just the stats, like it's $5 to sub to a channel. Yep. But they split it. But... Once you get to a certain point, then it's a 60-40 split. And then when you get to another level, then it's a 70-30 split. And the, mm-hmm. the creator actually gets more of the cut, right? But to get there, you need like... Consistency, yeah. Like 100,000 followers and probably thousands of subs. and For sure. But when you think if you have... So it's five bucks each, right? So if you have 200 subs, you're splitting $1,000 with Twitch, which yeah. isn't something to laugh at. No, I wouldn't mind an extra 500 bucks. Yeah, like, it's crazy. I don't even know, like, I have to get Shammy to explain it to me because he finally got affiliate. That's awesome. And so he has, yeah, and it's cool. Like, he has the sub button. He can get bits. 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have Amazon Prime, so I got Twitch Prime. So, like, when he got all that stuff, I threw my stuff at him. And I'm like, I had bits and everything. I'm like, I just threw it at a stream the one day. And I'm like, well, how do you get paid now? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think I've heard the I've heard the line. You know, if you have Amazon Prime, you can sub to me for free with your Twitch Prime. Most put from every in, streamer. Yeah, most put it in their like tagline for what yeah. they're doing that day. It's like I'm playing this and then whatever Twitch Prime. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really wanted some some cool Fortnite gear that was on um, Twitch Prime recently. So I did the 30 day trial. Um, and I've totally forgot that I had done it because I had the stuff. I've completely forgotten about this Prime. And I'm sure that's why they... Yeah, because you forget in 30 days. They're not going to be like tug on your shirt and be like, don't forget to cancel yeah. that. So about about like six or seven days before my Twitch Prime, or not my Twitch Prime, my Amazon Prime was over, uh, I noticed that little icon that I could sub to somebody for with, with Twitch Prime. So I gave it to KP Lull. She's a, a cool League of Legends streamer that I think has a, a bit of sunshine in the in the dark. Because... <laughs> I don't, have you played League of Legends? I have tried three or four different MOBAs, and I I don't get it. Yeah, it's kind of a cesspool, to be honest. Um, um, especially heard, ranked. Hmm? Especially ranked is just oh, full of toxicity. See, and I heard Dota's even worse. Like, I heard Dota's a better game, mm-hmm. but it has an incredibly worse pool of players once you get into, like, the competitiveness of it, right? For sure. But I don't get the whole, like, start over, grind, tear the towers down, repeat kind of thing, right? And, like... It's hard to explain. Because I played League for, like, four years straight. See, yeah, I just... I don't get the MOBA thing. DC Comics paid and had one developed. And I enjoyed it because then at least it was... You were unlocking DC characters and they all had their different classes and the different things. And then it just went bankrupt and was gone, right? But that was the only time I really ever, like bought into like the whole tower thing mm, yeah i played wonder woman in that game yeah although her, all of her abilities were lifted directly from heroes i played at league of legends <laughs> like the, the the whip that she threw out and then she'd pull herself to them was a uh, from from league and i'm sure they mind like well it's hard to be original these days like you got to have you know your character that throws a hook out to grab people because people love that thing when that happens in you know the the esports arena uh, you gotta have your like stuns and sleeps um, everyone has their roles and yeah. like it's the classic fantasy roles from role playing got moved into world of warcraft or even back in the because i think all mobas came out of battlegrounds from warcraft 3 right yeah it was uh, defense of the ancients mm-hmm. and the fact that 20 years later it's still a thing right because all the warcraft console games or not console but like standalone games were all in the 90s yep but when i scroll down through the twitch just the different things warcraft 3 is still in probably the top 30 yeah i just reinstalled that game it's awesome still see and i love stuff like that that's timeless right like Mm -hmm. yeah i think blizzard is on fire to this day I'm hoping they'll announce something really cool at BlizzCon this year. It's on November 2nd. Um, hoping for Diablo 4. Cause Diablo People have 3. been pushing for that for a while. <laughs> Diablo 3 has just run its course at this point. Yeah, they either want Diablo 4 or they want Warcraft 4. Where it's like the tactical like strategy game, not the yeah. open world 
uh, MMO, right? Yeah. And people have been pushing for both of those for a while, right? But even there's like people that won't play StarCraft 2, they'll play StarCraft 1, right? Like it's so neat how they have their genres, right? And even now with um, them shutting down all the vanilla people, they're building a vanilla server for World of Warcraft for people who just want to play the 2004 version. Yeah, and we'll get our first taste of that during BlizzCon. They'll have a demo for the WoW Classic. When did I thought they didn't say till like 2022? Yeah, I don't know. There, there's no release date, and I actually respect Blizzard a lot for not giving release dates too early. Um, way too many companies like uh, they give release dates right away, and then they have to push them back or. Yeah, they have to meet these deadlines, which results in a lot of crunch. Mm-hmm. But Blizzard has always stuck to their guns, even after uh, their partnership with Activision. Some people do not look favorably upon that, but I mean, it's got to be about the dollars and cents. I, I imagine. Oh, and they're swimming in money. Like when you, th- it was something like thirty-five million dollars a month or something that just Hearthstone made them. Mm-hmm. How much do you think Overwatch is making them? I don't know. Like. I really admire, like, I paid for it. I bought the whatever edition of Overwatch, and it's like... Origins, yeah. And um, I like it. I don't play it enough anymore, but I like that it's like, instead of classes, it's characters, right? Yep. And, like, I really dug some of the characters, even if they weren't, like, the meta player. Like, I love Winston, the monkey. And I remember I was playing a game with my friends, and they were all using, like... Lucio because everyone needs him to heal and they were using all the traditional like the best of everything right but I used Winston as a tank and this one guy that we were in a pickup group the fifth guy I think or the fourth or fifth guy and he was like you're terrible stop using him and then all of a sudden I turned on my like alpha attack and I like just started destroying he's like oh never mind yeah yeah for <laughs> sure the his ultimate's great um yeah Overwatch is one of the best properties that's come out of blizzard for sure i mean they're all really really good but overwatch has just hit um pop culture in a way that we haven't seen really especially with starcraft or uh, world of warcraft super popular still even to this day but overwatch when it was first announced it would have been 2014 i think um just i could not get enough of like the trailers and i wanted to learn all about this world which not a lot of games would pull me in that direction. Like I, I they just, made some great, ama- like nice animated shorts. Like the Bastion oh yeah. one was amazing. Bastion one's awesome. The Soldier one's still my yep. favorite. Um, just I, I get so, just oh, hits me right in the feels when he, uh, the girl is like, "You're one of those heroes, aren't you?" And he says, "Not anymore." Yeah, that, they, that was perfect. And it was brilliant. But th- how many are there now? Is it over 20 characters? It's got to be. Yeah, like 24, 25. And when they slowly added like Symmetra. Or, was it Symmetra they added later? I can't remember now. No, she was she was OG. Was she the first? Yeah, the first character they added. Who was the hacker? Uh, Sombra. Sombra, that's who I'm trying to think of. That was the one that they, uh, they kind of made everyone sick of by the time she came out Aww. a little bit with all the ARG stuff that was going on. Although when when she did end up finally re- being revealed at BlizzCon, like no one cared about that ARG stuff, I'm sure. They just wanted to play Sombra. Yeah. And then I got... That's around when I was started to play, right? And then she was everywhere because everyone was trying to figure her out and see if she was good. Yep. And now there's... um What is it? I haven't even played um, Torborn's Daughter. Oh, Bridget. Yeah. Br- I, Brigitte. I think it's Brigitte. Br- or, Brigitte, yeah. But it, he's another one that's like, he's a niche thing, right? And just, I love that he just sits there building these little turrets and he like hammers on them and fixes them and upgrades mm-hmm. them. And like, 
he's not great by himself in a fight, right? But, like, I just, I don't know how they nailed it down that, like, every single character has character. Yep. Because even with comic books, like, I stopped reading all major comic books because there's no good, it's all major events, and there's no good, like, character development. And, like you said, I feel Overwatch really put a lot of solid effort in character development that you when you don't just select something for its looks and its powers like yep. there's a story to everybody and it's a super and they talk among like when you pick your team they have a conversation based on what who's on the team and they talk about their past and like yeah, oh, they'll, what they'll mention something that happened on a previous mission that we don't know about yet right and it's usually good to have soldier on the team because then you get some really good like conflict or like why are you here kind of stuff and it's like yeah, I just, it was super cool. Like, I remember when I would get comics, the, and I don't know how much Blizzard paid for it, you'd open in the big middle panel, two-page mm-hmm. ad, was the roster. And I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah, so Overwatch, I've also read, like, all the comics that they've released, the digital ones, which are super great. Um, I think my favorite character is still Reinhardt. Love that guy. Putting up the shields, great. Charging people into walls is great. Throwing shockwaves. And his short was excellent as well. Um, made you really care about Baldurick. Because I'd always wondered, this, the skin that he has, Baldurick, what, what, what was that about? And then we got to learn about it in a cool animated short that probably cost a ton to make. Yeah. And, like, also, it's not a pay-to-win game. No. You, it's, you buy outfits. Yeah. And that's it. I have and spent an embarrassing amount of money on loot boxes. I haven't, but I feel like they sprinkle out enough free ones to make you happy too, right? Like absolutely, because every level you get one, and then like I got a bunch through Twitch Prime again that were like guaranteed gold ones, right? And it's like I probably should play it more because it is a fun game, and like like there's an appeal for everybody, right? Like Lucio is fun and he's fast and like he's dodgy and like it's I don't know, like yeah. everyone, and I like that there's kind of like a representative for all the countries except Canada. I just assume that we get what's her name from Norway. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that freezes everything. Yeah, yeah, May. May. I like her too. But yeah, like I just assume since she's because what would we get a Mountie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the argument is we know Canada's very multicultural. So in a way, maybe they're all Canadian. Yeah. Hey. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's the, just how the mind works sometimes. Um, I think I peaked quite early for Overwatch. Like I, I played it religiously when it first came out. And one of the best experiences I've had with the game is I went to Gen Con in 2016. Oh, nice. And I played in the one of the Overwatch tournaments. So um, for those tournaments, you just have a bunch of people that signed up for it and they, they put you in random groups. And mine That's ju- terrifying. It, <laughs> It's no less terrifying than going into the matchmaking queue in in ranked. Um, But the group that I ended up with turned out to be super great and we gelled right away. And, you know, we win the first round. I'm like, yeah, I get to play a bit more Overwatch at this convention with a bunch of people that love Overwatch just as much or more than I do. And then we win the second round. I'm thinking, all right, this is this is great. We're, We're doing stuff. And then we end up in the finals and I'm thinking, oh, yes. This is great too, 
and we ended up winning the tournament that day. So they had Overwatch tournaments throughout Gen Con. And so the Friday one, we took the gold and I still have the trophy to prove it. That's super cool. And it says Overwatch champion on it. So let it be known, listeners, that <laughs> Derek Field is a 2016 Overwatch champion from Gen Con. I'd be carrying that everywhere. <laughs> it, it's just on a shelf for now. And then in 2017, I went back to Gen Con and my team got second in Overwatch that day, which was great too. Were you able to meet up with the same people and just kind of say hi? Uh, I was not, not really. I was not able to, and and honestly, I didn't keep in contact with anyone that I played with at Gen Con. Um, but that's that's not a big deal. I've got enough friends as it is. My group's not massive, mind you, but the ones that are still around, tight. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. What are the big money making esports right now? For money making, is it league still? Definitely league because only because Fortnite doesn't have an official like league yet. And but how, yeah, like I don't know how you would. Yeah, it's tough because they've got the Friday skirmish, I think is what I've seen from Fortnite. And I mean, to be honest, like after watching it for you know, like 50 hours or so, I just don't watch Fortnite anymore. I, I can't, I just can't do it. But over the Overwatch League, you've probably watched a bit of that. Yep. And <clears throat> I, I love how it's like run like a professional sports league where it's like mm-hmm. the New York whatever. Right. And like you can trade and you have to recruit and find good players. And like it's run like a professional sports team. And it, yeah, it's it's like traditional sports. Yeah. Um, I liked London Spitfire quite a bit in that one, although there's something to be said about the story of Shanghai Dragons. See, I didn't watch enough of this season. Like okay. I just. Whenever it popped up and you would see like 120,000 viewers gravitate to it immediately, mm-hmm. right? Like, Yeah, it's cool. And the story for Shanghai Dragons is that in the first, I believe it's the first two seasons of Overwatch League. I haven't watched it for a bit, but they did not win a single match. Yeah, And the story was just like, all right, are they going to they gonna finally get that win? And there were so many people just <laughs> super excited. that's an excited. age-old story from normal sports too, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, the coming of age. And Counter-Strike is still very popular in esports. Like CSGO? CSGO, okay. yes. Uh, I've played quite a bit of that as well. Not my thing anymore. Is that the one where you plant the bomb or disarm the oh, bomb? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. I watched a lot of that. And I was just like, but, and I'm sure, like, and it's still, like, in that top row of games, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. and what's the one that just came out that's Black Ops? Um you can get it through the Blizzard launcher. Oh, yeah. It's Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Yeah, Call of Duty. Like, that is in the top row. Like, when you yeah. look at the top row, at least five of them are shooters. Yep. And really? that's because shooters are exciting to watch. Yeah. Shooters, MOBAs. And the one that I... It was a couple months ago. I probably said something on Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember. But it's the NBA 2K League. There's a league for NBA 2K. And it's amazing to watch. Cool. Like, because you don't take over... like you. You pick a team, so there is like a Cleveland Cavaliers of NBA 2K, right? But it's five dudes, but they each have to sit down and use create a player mm-hmm. and make a team that gels. Okay. So it like let's say it would be your job to create the center for that team. Yeah. So you have to give them certain ball handling skills and shooting skills and blocking boxing out skills and like so there's skill in creating a team that gels together and then actually playing the game and because you're not playing yourself, so like. One guy will be the shooting guard. One will be the point guard. And you have to know your roles and you have to call plays. And like, it's weird to see five guys with TVs in front of them playing yeah. basketball and they have a coach yep. that'll come around and be like, hey, you got to catch that pick and roll. And it's just, 
I found it so surreal, but I watched it for like three hours because there's a representative for every team. Right. Um, I've watched a bit of Gears of War as well. They have a pro circuit. It's kind of interesting to see what games have pro circuits these days. I used to watch a lot of Halo 5 as well, but there's there's uh, esports leagues popping up for a ton of games. Where is Halo? Uh, you mean location-wise? No. Like where like, is it played or it, where in the numbers? I was watching a stream and I can't remember what it was about. It must have been a Fortnite guy. Yeah. And he pretty much said he's like, Halo dropped the ball. Like they could have been the front runner and the continuous like standard bearer. Yeah, it's hard to find Halo 5 streams on Twitch right now. The, you have to go pretty deep down the like, list. Like I haven't seen a Halo reference. I can't. I honestly can't think of the last time I saw anything to do with Halo. Yeah, the series, there was Halo Infinite that was announced at E3 this year. And I'm pretty excited to try that because right now Microsoft is doing a great thing and that's releasing a lot of their Xbox One games on PC as well where they belong. Well, didn't PlayStation finally agree to like reverse engineer that you can play your old discs? Oh, like... Like you can, uh, yeah. PS4 will now play Backwards 3, compatibility. 2, Yeah. Because, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that. Hmm. I, I swear I read something about, or is it looking forward to the next system? They'll. I remember seeing an article that said something about PlayStation was finally going to give in on the reverse. Oh. So like backwards compatibility, yeah. like you said, right? Because like that was the big problem with me. Like, and that's why I don't have a four. I just still have a PS3, right? Because I got sick. I'd buy a whole bunch of games. But if you upgrade, those are, they're dead unless you want to have like eight systems laying around your house, right? Yeah, it would be in PlayStation's best interest to make PS5 as backward compatible as they can because the PS4 library right now is magnificent. We've got your Spider-Man. We've got God of War. Um, like Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out right away. That's not a console exclusive, but they've also got Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, and the thing that I heard recently is crossplay is a big thing for PS4. Did you hear the story about Fortnite? It's the only one they're allowing, though, isn't it? Mm, I'm pretty sure that it will open the floodgates. Because like know. once you turn it on for one game, you, you got to start doing it for others. Because I remember the big deal that was made when it was finally like, okay, PlayStation's going to allow cross-platform with Xbox. And I'm like, wow, because they've never, ever. No. And it took this one... Well, a billion dollar franchise. Juggernaut. Yeah, like a billion dollars and it's been around since what, last November? Yeah. So it's not very long and it's just, it's crushing and it took that and people constantly going like, I want to play with my friends. Mm -hmm. And they should, they should be allowed to play with their friends. And I like playing against console people because they're easier to kill. Absolutely. <laughs> phone I, people are the best because then you just... Oh, them. my God. It's so easy to figure out who's on their phone. Well, they're yeah. sitting there staring at a wall, like slowly cycling through their things. And you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> pop, pop. Uh, yeah. Like it blew my mind because PlayStation seemed pretty firm yep. on the on that. And all of a sudden, yeah. And it just kind of came out of nowhere in the middle of a week. And it's just like, okay, they're going to allow it. But for Fortnite. Yeah. And the story behind that was how Fortnite came out on Switch. But if you had linked your Fortnite account previously on PlayStation 4, you could not link it to the Switch. Mm. Whereas I, I, I've i played a lot of games of Fortnite where I'm on PC and then my buddy is on PS4. Yeah. So it was a weird As long as you story. know the login, you were able to find them, right? Yeah. It was a just a crazy story. And I, I see so much of that these days. Like there's, there's cool stories like that popping up all over. 
do you think they finally were like for the better of it and to make us look better or do you think Fortnite threw a bunch of money at them uh probably a little of both to be honest <laughs> like it, there's got to be some money involved too just i guess yeah because how many cross-platform games could open that like would that open it up for though mm. or would that just be for going forward I would think going forward, because I, I can't think of maybe like Destiny 2. that would be cool to play with people from other platforms. Like Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Is on everything. You think Blizzard would be all about getting on that train now. The thing about that is if we were playing against people from PlayStation 4 or Xbox One in Overwatch, we'd have a massive advantage. And they had to balance the console versions differently. So Torbjorn was... got nerfed on PS4 initially because people were having trouble tracking his turrets because they're using joysticks instead of a mouse and keyboard. See, and I don't. I've been a key, uh, I've been a PC guy for mm. anything that's shooter, right? Like, Excellent. I remember playing the first Max Payne. Yep. On what would that have been? The first Xbox, maybe. Yep, for sure. And I hated the two. The du- you didn't analog. like the Duke. Oh my god, that, I hated it. That controller is still one of my favorites. No, but I don't. I didn't like the two analog sticks oh, dictating okay. like what I was doing. I prefer like operating on keyboard on my left hand, mouse on the right, and yep. I'm. I don't like having an analog stick mm-hmm. dictating my. Oh aim, yeah, right for sure. And I know they have corrections to like it. Kind of auto helps you kind of pinpoint people when you're shooting. But then now I heard there's Xbox people that are just attaching keyboards and a mouse. Oh, yeah. Once you have USB ports, that's fair game. Yeah. But then you also... So you'll have the mouse advantage and the auto-aim advantage, right? Right. So you're getting more headshots. So then it's like... Mm. Yeah. I mean, some people need it, right? <laughs> they just can't get those wins without them. I, I don't have very many uh, solo wins, that's for sure. Oh, I have Fortnite. three. And two of them are because the other guy fell in the storm. Yeah. So I have one legit, like, where I killed the took, other you guy. You took someone out, yeah. Yeah. I have squad wins, but then that's... I'm not the one carrying the team. Okay. Did you see... There's an SNL skit I've wanted to watch since it came out about Fortnite. Oh, and no. It, it's, like, about this kid's dad playing with him and his buddy. And it's Adam Driver, <laughs> who... I like the guy now. Like, I wasn't super key on him when he was uh in the force awakens yeah but since the last jedi and since his other movies and his tv appearances like i've, I've really come around on him he's, he's really a, he's a fun actor to watch i can't handle him as the you villain don't, you don't like him no. oh okay being once again i'll bring up our massive generational gap like i saw the empire strikes back in the theater right like oh yeah and so like back then i think i've explained it that way when you're a kid back then there's not something new coming a month from now that's going to be also cool. Right. Like we waited three years for the next cool thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So like now I feel like people are more meh if something's crappy or they're more okay with things not being like to me, it's not well written. Um, and I just, I do not find any of the villains engaging, whether it's Kilo Ren, Phasma, mm-hmm. Snoke. Um, them making Luke a crybaby, making Han Solo a deadbeat that goes off and smuggles again. Like, yeah, I feel like they threw the original cast under the bus and found a really uninspired new cast. Okay, so I think The Force Awakens I enjoyed quite a bit. The Last Jedi, I watched that in the IMAX, and I would recommend that for all who, if they get the chance. Um, 
I liked it initially as as just like a fun film, but the more I have analyzed it and I've I've watched a lot of YouTube about it, so honestly, my opinion may <laughs> not even be my own anymore. But yeah, they have made some pretty big mistakes there. Like they killed my boy Akbar off screen. That was probably the biggest mistake. Are you talking about the Force or in the Last Jedi? Admiral Akbar yeah. is killed off screen when when Leia gets shot out into space before she becomes Mary Poppins and back comes back. Yeah, into space. and she's only supposed to be force sensitive, but now I'm really showing my nerdiness, right? Like, it's uh, just, absolutely. Like, I think the only part that I found like I loved um, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best of the Disney lot. Yes, absolutely. Um, but at least the Star Wars thing has reinvigorated. Like, that was my original childhood love of a property, right? Like, it was all there was, though, right? Like, Transformers came along a little bit later. Oh, my and God. And became a phenomenon also. And then Ninja Turtles was late 80s. So it would probably be like, G.I. Joe was mixed in there. But, like, yeah, it was only big things, like, every couple years. And you had to, like, hold on to what you had and use your imagination and right. hope for a tidbit or something or, like, a shitty Ewok Battle for Endor TV special <laughs> or, like, the Star Wars Chris. Like, so, like, we, I feel I got more invested in things as a kid than people do now because Harry Potter will come out one month and then the next um, Transformers will come out the next month yep. and then the next Marvel movie will come out and then the next DC and then the next Marvel series and then the next like we're getting overload basically. yeah and that's the thing like I stopped watching the Marvel TV shows and like I'm a comic book kid like that's what I was raised on was comic books and fantasy right and it's like and sci-fi and it's like I've had enough right like yeah. I go up and stream now and just piddle around and like stream whatever I feel like playing that day. Mm-hmm. I've done three this week and it's never the same game, right? And I get and now I'm victim of that whole like ADD culture where it's a little bit of this today and a little yep. bit of that tomorrow and like but then in the end I'm the one bitching about it cuz like I don't know. I feel there's no effort on character development anymore in Interesting. Anything. So since you mentioned Transformers, I'm just going to say I'll never forgive Michael Bay for what he did to Transformers. I stopped watching af- halfway through the third one. Was so I don't even know. Like The Dark of the Moon, I think. I, I don't know. It, I caught that on TV like a, a month ago, and it is like the longest movie, it, maybe even longer than The Last Night, which I, I haven't watched because... I watched 20 I minutes done. of the Mark Wahlberg one. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, I can't. Like, and people love it, and I just, I don't... I, yeah, it, I don't think true Transformers fans would love it. Because I am a, yeah, I won't say OG fan, but my first experience was the TV series as a, as a youngster and the movie, which yep. was the first movie that I heard with profanity in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the milestone. Yeah. So Michael Bay took my favorite Transformer sound wave and turned him into a satellite dish. And for that, he cannot be forgiven. Not even 13 even hours. I didn't enjoy Megatron. I didn't like mm-hmm. Bumblebee. Um, there what one of my favorite things that now I realize as an adult was waiting for Starscream to turn on Megatron mm-hmm. and I yep. don't feel I don't remember I, honestly it could have been an underlying theme and I missed it um, but there was just things that I wanted to see right like I remember when the Constructicons and Dinobots came in later in the cartoon in the 80s it was like this monumental thing and everyone had to have them and it's deal. like eh, big deal like, it was a huge deal, right? Because it was, I think they were the beginning of Wave 2 or Wave 3 for the toys, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't know what the, just, 
everything's in waves now, right? And that wasn't a term when I was a kid. You just waited for new stuff to come to the store, right? And it just... My one friend hates when I use the term killed my childhood. Oh. Because I throw that term at Michael Bay, right? Well, yeah, he he took out Transformers and Ninja Turtles, which are both very dear, near and dear to my heart. Yeah, see, I never watched the Ninja Turtle movies just because it had Megan Bay and Megan Fox's name on it, right? So it's just like, (laughs) I'm out. Yeah, I have not watched Ninja Turtles. I just kind of went with the status quo, saying that, okay, another childhood property ruined. Thanks, Michael. (laughs) But that's the thing is, though, they'll break box office records, and it's like, that's because it costs $45 to take your kid to the movie now, right? For yeah. both of you, right? Because it's 3D and then popcorn's $15. And it's like, it's not breaking box office records for the right reason. Like, yeah. it should be headcount. I'm not a big fan of the expression anymore. Like, oh, well, at least it's cheaper than going to a movie. Well, everything's cheaper than going to a movie these days. Yeah. Buying a car is cheaper than going to a movie. Metaphorically, yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> the only thing that's spun out of Star Wars now is i've kind of re-fallen in love with like what i liked about it Mm -hmm. and so now like with the guys that we were playing war machines with sean and paul yep we just started doing um the star wars role-playing game the fantasy flight came out with a few years ago called edge of the empire i've played that yeah it's a lot of fun yeah and i love the four i love the way the dice work where you're some you can succeed but bad things can still happen and vice versa and the when you roll to use the force there might be some darkness in there and do Mm -hmm. you use it like it's very narr- it's narrative dice and I enjoy that it's not yeah. just you can't min-max your character and just hope to roll high all the time right and so we're starting that and I like that it takes place between episodes 4 and 5 I believe yes in kind of a darker time right and um, so I found a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff that's that digs into like the lore that I enjoy right and I play that like I have Imperial Assault for a board game and that's super fun we're just getting into Edge of the Empire tomorrow night. Excellent. Um, How are those guys, by the way? I, I definitely it's, look it's back fantastic. fondly when we played War Machine. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And like the only frustrating thing is those guys both have such amazing tactical minds when it comes to these things. Like mm-hmm. I remember when they talked me into starting War Machine Mark. Was it one? Just rolling into two, I think. Yeah. Because I remember by I've bought decks twice now, I think, to upgrade my guys. But their ability to, like, I don't know, like, I knew what things should be doing, but their ability to look at the board and be like, that's seven and a half inches, and if I do this and this, and, like, to think ahead, like, they kicked the crap out of me for, like, months, I think, even before you got involved yeah. in our group, right? And, like, the only thing that I enjoyed was is they had already picked armies, mm-hmm. and... um I don't know why, but I've always enjoyed the um, the archetype of the religious fanatic. Me too. And so <laughs> when that was an option, I was like, oh, I'm going to love these guys. Like, burn them and stuff like that, right? And it was like... Protectorate the, all the way. Yeah. And I loved it. And just like the characters in it and just like um, the harbinger and like mm-hmm. just... I. Yeah, I honestly can't tell you why I have this. Like, I've always enjoyed the religious fanatic and just how driven they are, whether right. they're right or wrong, right? It's just this complete, utter devotion thing. And I'm completely agnostic, which is even more weird, right? That is but, strange, actually. But I love that type of character that's so driven for their for their god or for their cause. And, but They're very consistent. And in that fantasy setting of the steam engines and stuff like that, it just... Like the bright white with the crimson and yep. just the holy symbols and stuff and the fire, right? Like 
it was very iconic compared to like the other two, right? Like Signar and why can't I remember the other guys? Uh, Kador. Kador, right? Like, and Cricks, yeah. So War see, Machine's a very different game now. Uh, for the uninitiated, War Machine is a tabletop miniatures game. You buy those miniatures, unpainted, unassembled. You glue those little guys together. Which sucks. And it, it does, yeah, especially when you glue your fingers together. And then you optionally paint them up, and you play a game with them. Um, I play Protectorate of Menoth as well, and I've enjoyed them from minute one, burning everything in my path. Though... I definitely look back fondly at our our first few games when we played together. And just feeling out the rules too, right? Yeah. Like, and, and learning what units are good, what are bad. And yeah, like, you taught me Bastions and Harbinger are good. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that Bastions are no longer good. That stinks. But Cinerators are good. What? So Mark III definitely changed the landscape. And now they do much more frequent updates because they've moved away from physical card decks. You can still so buy you play them. through. I bought the deck, but it might mm. be already outdated. Yeah, you can still buy them, but if the you app print, was fantastic. The app is has just gone leaps and bounds. It used to suck. Well, I think it was pretty bad, but you buy the cards once for Mark III and then you have them until the edition changes over, mm-hmm. which I don't know when that'll be. <clears throat> but... Um, I actually have a funny story. I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, you know, what, what can we talk about in, in this little <laughs> chat? And I'm here to tell you, Paul, that I cheated once when we played at War Machine. Completely sure by mistake. I, I'm sure that I've misinterpreted rules more than a hundred times. Yeah, like there's so many interactions to think about and rules that can be misplayed. But what happened was uh, we were playing our match and... You, of course, remember the avatar of Menoth, our, our badass Jack. Um, I cast a spell on him, and you can't oh. do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I win. Yeah. <laughs> you win, Paul. <laughs> and I would dare say that painting miniatures is probably on par with meditating. It's very zen. I've I've listened get to into a, a lot zone. of podcasts yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, like... That Imperial Assault comes with minis. Okay. Th- and it drove me nuts that they weren't painted. Right. And so now in this last month, I've been painting all of mine. That's excellent. Like, and that's part of my Star Wars kick, right? Like, so like I'm painting my Vader, I'm painting my Luke, I'm painting, mm-hmm. I just painted like nine or 12 Stormtroopers. And awesome. The, and it's like the old school things, like the Red Royal Guards and like oh, the Royal Guards in, which one was Ray and... In the newest one. Last there, Jedi. Yeah, and they made the Royal Guards look like these weird, like, samurai hockey. Oh, I have a, a few problems with that fight. But really, my, the, the problem I have with The Last Jedi and the, the this new trilogy in general is how much a Mary Sue Ray is. So I hate that argument. Uh. Let, let's, let's just take Daisy Ridley. We'll, we'll put her in a little bubble up here. She's fine. I have no problem with Daisy Ridley. I think she's a talented actor. But... The character for Ray just, it seems like she never fails. Like, maybe she'll have a, a slight setback here or there, but she always succeeds. You know, she defeats a trained Sith uh, Force user. She defeats Kylo Ren with, like, barely any problems with a lightsaber that she's never practiced with. Um, Do you think she over-succeeded more than Luke did in A New Hope? Hmm. Well, I see the Mary I mean, Sue it, argument, and 
whenever stuff like that comes up where yeah. people call it social justice warrior Star Wars. Oh boy. Yep. I completely avoid the because of Ray being the main character and Finn being the number two character. Mm-hmm. Um and realistically Poe Dameron, I think, is the only like go get him like white male in the movie series. <laughs> right. But like me being white male, I avoid the argument because yeah. there's no winning. Fair and enough. like I just stick to whether the script is good or not. And like you said, like she seemed to be in this complete I'm so great right out of the box, right? And just like, ultra powerful. If you remember Luke, you know, he's he's struggling to lift one rock at a time. Yep. And in The Last Jedi, Ray like instantly moves a an avalanche with no problems. Well she completely mind controls a guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and drop your gun. I will drop my gun. Like that yeah. was something that Ben Kenobi only did where it's like these aren't the droids you're looking for. Yep. She mind pulled tricks. so and he's what? How powerful in the end, right? Like mm. yeah. They made I don't know what they were going for. Like, I'm fine with it. It bugged me that it was very similar to New Hope, but I get them wanting to build like Yes. There that, were a lot of similarities. Like the kid from the desert planet, mm-hmm. right? Like has potential. Like I get that all and I got over all that. It's just I have not found one reason to engage in her as a character. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, BB-8's cooler. Um, I think that was just made to sell shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He sells toys. I have a, a very nice BB-8 thing on my desk. And like the Kenner marketing thing, I think, came along after Star Wars. Yeah. Like Lucas was like in his negotiating. I think he was like, and I want all the royalties off toys. And everyone's like, no one made toys for movies back then right so mm-hmm. it was like fine take that in the contract but like i think that's half the problem with transformers was things were made to look cool instead of like like this will be a cool toy and i think bb8 falls under that category of absolutely like, he was built to sell toys he will be the most amazing remote control thing if we can get the head to stay on top while it yeah. spins around the room magnetic and yeah. to me r2d2 was not that i think it was his like just the no. original wave was just Lucas's imagination for what he thought would be cool, which yeah. in end made cool toys like and just the sound effects, right, are iconic. Like the sound of a TIE fighter screaming by is still to me like, I don't know how you make it. Just that like, yeah. a sucking hollow sound, right, to me is like of sound effects. Star Wars probably has nine of the ten coolest sound effects ever, right? Like, 100%. It's just, and it's just it's brilliant and it's beautiful and like the original story of good versus evil i feel like they're trying to add all these layers of like in between and gray and to Mm -hmm. me that's not what it's about right like although realistically a lot of conflicts have shades of gray in real life which can help you know make it feel more real yeah like i get there was bringing like han solo like let's be real he shot first he was not a good person he definitely shot first like and he was in that smuggler gray area but then it was like he did the right thing he became a good person luke Mm -hmm. was this troubled kid who didn't know what he was doing with his life and like he wanted to go off and fight in this war and like good one it persevered over evil and like vader was evil like and if he didn't get his way he (laughs) he would force choke you but in a non-pouty way right like i feel like episode one two and three completely tarnished what to me would have been one of the three greatest villains in cinema history. And now I don't think he is anymore. Yeah. So I caught about half of revenge of the Sith over the Thanksgiving weekend. 
And man, that movie did not age well. No, I don't <laughs> think any of them good. did. I tried watching them over again, and I what, what's the third one? Attack of the Clones? No, the second one's Attack of the Clones. Is it? Third one is. So I made it halfway through Attack of the Clones and yeah. stopped. Oh, okay. Christensen's acting's horrible. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else to, like, say, oh, it must be the script that's shitty, but to make Natalie Portman that bad. Yeah, like, she's a good actor. She's amazing. And, yeah, she feels like a cardboard cutout in the prequel trilogy, unfortunately. Wasted. And, like, the entire scene where she's, like, dying and giving birth and, like... Mm -hmm. The whole no, like it's just. Oh my god, Darth No. So when that movie came out, there was a website that got posted called DarthNo.org or something like that. And it's just him going no over and over again. <laughs> and I laughed hysterically on that site. Like, yeah. I don't. And I have friends who flat out put episodes one, two, and three in the top when they're ranking mm. the movies, right? And to me, it's a no brain. Like, I don't know. But I, once again, have that whole like it's when I saw it right away and it's the mm-hmm. fir- my first impression. So I would always go like Empire, New Hope, Jedi, then let's rate the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but there's people stuffing like Attack or what did you say? The Return of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. They have that in the top three and I'm like, Ugh, no I'm way. literally dumbfounded by it, right? Some of the battles are cool and the Duel of the Fates is pretty hype. But like, yeah, I just can't see it. So for me, I believe Empire would be number one. I can't see how there's anything debatable about it. Yeah, hard to debate I that. I can't think of another major motion picture where everything ends on such a bad note. Yeah, so Empire, Return of the Jedi, and I got to be honest, uh, Rogue One is my, my third. Like, yeah. Just barely edging out A New Hope. A New Hope's great. No, Rogue we, One is fantastic. I loved yeah. the character of Jin that they created for it. Um, Jin or so? Yeah. yeah. And just the whole, like, how they tied... Like, I never knew that the weapon spun out of lightsaber technology and those crystals. So that was a super cool way they tied into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they picked very cool actors for that kind of, like, it was a suicide mission. We all know where it's going. We all yep. know everybody's dying. Right. And we all know Darth Vader's on his way. Oh, and they man. made him look amazing again, right? Yes. But, like, it was great. Yeah, I will sit through that. whole. Like, usually I'll put something on Netflix if I'm cooking dinner or something and a lot of the times it is rogue one but usually i'll end up of the just, new stuff it would be the only rewatchable one yeah and usually i'll just end up sitting down and watching the whole thing with the i, I was gonna do it in the background but now it's my i have focus. rewatched force awakens though just okay to give it another 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 shot another shot and like it's okay it's mm-hmm. a movie it's not star wars mm-hmm. it's it is what it is i am a big fan of like the battles are pretty good in that movie as well I like the one on what is that planet where the um, uh, where Chewie's the, the Chewie's girlfriend basically is. Oh, Moss. Yeah, Ma, her planet. Yeah, where, where, I, the Cantina place. Yeah. That place. Yeah, I, I, for I some know. Reason. I play Battlefront two all the time, and it's one of the. They actually have a full digital rendering of her entire fortress and oh, bar, cool. and you're running through it, fighting and stuff. It's super cool. I've played a bit of that. But it disappointed me as well. Although the space battles are excellent. Yeah. The story mode's good. That's what I was streaming today. Because oh, yeah. I did the first two hours of the story mode. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Aiden. Although the campaign being from the Empire's perspective, that's pretty cool. I'm yeah. an Empire guy. And I just like that it spun out right after the second Death Star blew up. And mm-hmm. you see that there's a 
force ghost of the emperor that's still giving orders like i liked being able to see a story that kind of like so where where does the empire pick up after two of their planets got blown up right mm-hmm. it's like so i kind of like to see that and then yeah like Iden versio is what she is right like yeah um, they just completely revamped all the rules for the X-Wing miniature game. Right. It's and they like added her now. as one of the TIE fighter pilots. Cool. Yeah. I did So she's becoming that. a like canon character. Oh, yeah. It's canon for sure. Uh, how far in are you? You said two hours? Um, it's me redoing it. Oh, so you're that redoing it. So the stream it. can do it. But I okay. made it up to the Lando Calrissian mission before okay. I restarted. So... One thing confusing in this story was, you know, the, the second Death Star blows up and we're on Endor. And one of the one of the uh, Inferno squad members says, that's impossible. But if you'd been paying attention, no, it's not because they blew up the first Death Star, too. Yeah. And it's just I like the story mode because you do a bunch of Zayden and then you take over as Luke for a while. Yeah. Which was a super cool story about how he kind of. Yeah. endeared himself to the one Inferno squad guy but you kill bugs yeah what, it was oh man the controls just felt so weird when you're doing the lightsaber stuff it didn't feel as smooth you feel as out of control a little bit you're, it's it's a lot of Luke button mashing and yeah. then like force crushing stuff right right but it just the voice actors were bang on I'm assuming it's not the original people um no even though they all sounded great they sound really good yeah. the, the Princess Leia mission where you had to like put the, oh, the bubble one on, over the guy while on he, Naboo yeah that was good actually and I that was that in one. Naboo I think yep. which is they once again digitally recreated the entire Naboo palace that you can do it's PvP on impressive. all impressive um, all those worlds um, the one thing that Battlefront 2 that and it's weird because I hate the I hate episode 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. but I love playing on Kamino when it comes to Battlefront 2 yeah that's a in the very, rain very cool. in the clone facility yep there's nothing like it because the water droplets look real on your mask like it's just right it's beautiful right but it's my least favorite movie era but it's so much fun yeah and i actually just started watching um clone wars oh yeah um i might get into that but it's just it's, it's kind of intimidating to think about how many seasons of content there is there yeah and i like i'm enjoying it but i've heard that season one is rough to get through but then the story gets really awesome yeah I and i'm enjoying it that. already so i think i'll do fine yeah and they just relaunched it, didn't they? Uh, they're doing a new season yeah, to so, end it properly. And I heard I, Rebels is amazing also from really? Paul and Sean. They said it's the best. Hmm. They feel that um, Clone Wars is too PG. Okay. And they felt Rebels had a more like darker, grittier See, feel I, to it. I haven't heard that. Interesting. I trust those guys. Like, okay. I don't know. They're like they the, do know what they're talking they're, about. They're the archbishops of nerdiness, right? Like, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I like just, that term. I like that. I can't think of another term. Like, they're just. I I disagree with them on stuff, but I see where they're coming from, right? Yeah. Like, it's funny. Whenever I bring up Star Wars, I'll be like Episode One, and Paul will be like, "What?" <laughs> he acknowledges just four, five, six, and the line is drawn, the, right? Block those ones out, the, uh, but, the prequels. And he refuses to watch the new ones, right? Like, mm. he hasn't watched eight at all. Oh, okay. No Flat eight, over. no nine. Yeah. He watched seven, and I think it upset him enough, or just that he just was like, this isn't Star Wars, and right. just stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go for nine, but, I mean, they've really... As soon as they did that light speed um, kamikaze... Like that's completely changed the dynamics of. Don't bring that up with the other guys because they oh, okay. just lose their minds. Because they try to bring real physics and real, like, 
they know like between Star Trek, Star Wars, they know what the technology should be able to do based mm-hmm. on just fantasy gaming and stuff. Right. So when someone pulls some crap that's like outside of the box, like, oh, we'll just fly at them at hyperspeed. It's amazing. Sean will be like, you can't do that for this, this and this reason, even though it's fiction. Right. And I'm just like, OK, science explanations. Hmm. Yeah. Or just like based on what rules the storytelling had those things able to do in the past. Right. That, like, that's why it's so jarring is that like if if this was possible, the Empire and the Rebels would have been doing that a long time ago. Yeah. And like even the initial scene where it's like they fly in with the B-Wings as mm-hmm. the bombers and the bombs start rolling out. My, I can't remember if it was Paul or... It, it wasn't Paul. I didn't watch it. It must have been Sean or someone. They were like, what gravity is pulling these bombs down? That is a good point. There, there's some <laughs> arguments saying like maybe they're shot out using or magnetic, or, yeah, or yeah, like rails or something. Um, but sim- stuff, similar to like how a rail gun would work. Yeah, and it's just and Sean's more bigger argument is why where were the Y wings? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I didn't. So the <laughs> argument I hear is that okay, these bombers are made for bombing uh, planetary targets and that's why they're super slow and unwieldy. But like, why would you get rid of the Y-Wing when it was so like... Mold- but there was only X-Wings yeah, it was in the one. The and y- then they finally brought in B-Wings in the next one, right? It's right. Like, they have like, once again, being an older dude, I enjoy A-Wings, I enjoy Y-Wings, I enjoy Classic the whole... ships, yep. And it's like, use them. I'm going to rewatch the original trilogy very soon. Like, have there been, like, the variations of the TIE Fighters? Like, not really. That's like the Interceptor. Got the Interceptor and that the Bombers. Weird, like, what's that weird one that I saw in Rogue One? It has, like, one. The shields are, like, a, like a triangle on top, and, it, and it's, like, a ball underneath. I'm not sure what variant that is, but it's kind of neat. I think that's what's his name's personal ship, isn't it? Oh, no, because this one I'm thinking of got blown up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Because I know he's got one that kind of looks like a TIE fighter. Kylo? Kylo Ren. Or, yeah. Is it Kylo or Kylo? Uh, I usually hear Kylo. Kylo. Kylo more sounds like a drug term, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and like, we didn't even talk about Phasma, right? Like, they, oh, okay, yeah. She's they... supposed to be this generation's Boba Fett. And don't get me wrong, Boba Fett accomplished nothing on the big screen. He flew into a pit and died. Yep. Uh, but he's considered the most like the new TV show that's coming out. Did you see the announcement that it's based on Mandalorians? Yeah, and Mandalorians are all always they're always the coolest thing in Star Wars to yeah, me at least. But I we've love never them. watched one of them accomplish anything. No, like Jango lost to Obi Wan. Boba Fett no. fell into a pit. Like Jango did lose to Obi Wan, and then he lost his head to Windu. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> I guess every clone is him. Right, and. So there's that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but did, like, did you play Republic Commando? No. Okay. Probably the best Star Wars game I've played because they have this really cool war story that it's the part of Star Wars that I've liked the most. Like the Jedi and the Sith lightsabers. That's all cool. But I'm a big fan of like the, the grunts and the special forces that do the actual fighting that you don't see behind the scenes. Um, so Republic Commando is a squad based shooter where you can give commands to your three clone troopers. Although they they don't use the same voice actor for all of them, like you would see in Clone Wars. They all have their own voices. It's not Commander Cody 24-7? No, it's not Cody 24-7. <laughs> the, main, the main character you play as, 3-8, he, um, he is the that voice actor. That the I'm, guy, it was Django, or whoever played Django Fett. I think it's his yeah, voice on I, air. I used to know his right? name like off the top of my head, but I... 
it's not coming to me today. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's a really cool Star Wars story. You start on Geonosis during that battle, and nice. then there's a couple other campaigns. One in a, a derelict starship, and another on Kashyyyk. Yep, those are all locations on Battlefront, which I enjoy like on there more so, right? Right. Yeah, I I gotta say like Battlefront two, without the whole loot box debacle, like it might have been much more re- well received. Yeah. And I like, have you been on recently? Like now they have, because it's all free to play now, right? And they finally mm-hmm. just every day when you log in, you just get so many credits, right? I was having trouble finding matches, so I stopped playing. Oh, it seems to be pretty good now. Like I think they've revitalized it. They know, like you know that, um, oh, what is his name now? With the four, the robot with the four lightsabers. Oh, Grievous. Grievous is on his way. Obi-Wan's on his way. Oh, that's cool. Um, I never would get enough points in a matchup to get a de- mm-hmm. Like I would get a Wookiee or like a jetpack trooper. I yeah. never got like an iconic hero, but it was like super cool to see them whizzing by me. Yeah, for sure. Or it's like, oh, I just got murdered by Yoda, right? Like, <laughs> and you hear him like giggle as he runs away. Like, right. It's it's, and that's the thing. That was the first iconic franchise in my life. So like, I'm still drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And just to be in a game that looks like I'm inside the movie, and interacting like. It's beautiful, right? And like me being a stormtrooper is probably the most apt thing ever because I just run in and die like they nice. would. <laughs> Very good, yeah. Um, you definitely remember going to Empire in the theater, right? Yep. Was it absolutely packed? Uh, couldn't remember. I remember my mom yelling because I would have been eight, mm-hmm. ten, something like that. And I remember my mom yelling at like the local hockey team guys to shut up because right. I was like enthralled. Um, the funny thing is, I think it was for... My mom took my friend and I to go, and we were originally supposed to go to the new Herbie movie, Herbie Goes Bananas. And okay. Some, something went wrong, and the film got wrecked, and so in place of it, they managed to get a copy of Empire Strikes Back. Nice. And that's how I watched it, was by accident. Hmm. And yeah, I remember going to the theater that day. I know who I, what friend I went with, and I went with my mom. Nice. It was in Melville, and oh, absolutely. I didn't and know just, Melville had a theater. It's still there, but it's probably like condemned. (laughs) It has a new theater that's been completely built, but the old Paragon Theater or whatever, it's still there somewhere. I remember. Interesting. Yeah, like mentally, I can re-envision it all, right? And it's just, it's one of those things and like having the whole, being part of culture when there's no internet and you have to talk to your friends and be like, holy shit, Darth Vader's his dad, right? Like it's just. Yeah, things are quite different now. Like everyone finds the like you have to put star spoilers by everything right and you right. have to give that grace period before you talk about stuff and back then it was just like a wave like holy crap this yeah. is what happened and then oh boy here's the toys for it right yeah. like so yeah nowadays if a a big movie that i don't want to be spoiled on is coming out i can't go on twitch anymore um i actually had han's death spoiled to me because i made a mistake i was uh, i had a twitch stream on while i was painting and someone were talking about it well someone did a donation about kylo ren being a terrible son because he, you know, he murdered his father and stuff i'm like okay because i had the i had the chat minimized oh okay but that doesn't count for anything if a donation message comes in via audio so yeah now i just go on complete media blackout before stuff like that i think i'm so cynical that i don't care about spoilers anymore like Mm -hmm. i'll I'll watch it no matter what if i mean if i want to see it i'll watch it i don't think there's going to be anything that'll shock me or upset me any more than i am 
Um, now all the stuff that flies by in my feed for nerd rumors is that Ray's going to end up being related to the Emperor Palpatine. Really? Um, which would be a cool spin on why yeah. she, why she would be so powerful. Right. And that might be enough to draw me back in to make me care a little bit again. But like the characters I care about are dead or the in the Carrie Fisher case, sadly, she passed away. Right. So yeah. like, I don't know if they'll do CG of her. Mm-hmm. Um, the CG in Rogue One of Grand Moff Tarkin was amazing it was and creepy to a point there was a bit of uncanny valley feeling to it yeah like like, it just seemed a little off but it it was a little bit off but it was good it was really good and leia at the end pretty sure she was cg as well yeah yeah but it was incredibly really really good like like very nice the facial expressions on battlefront when you do the story mode on like iden versio and like all the people around her and like photorealism practically like and like you can see where like their pores are like At what point do you like our graphical technology has given us pores? Yeah, and it's great on VR and like people that don't exist. And like I, I don't know. I've never sought out to see what the voice actors look like for any of it. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, the voice actors I definitely respect. There's a lot of work that goes into that performance. Um, Yuri Lowenthal did Spider Man in the Spider Man game, and he is absolutely excellent is he a younger guy um that i don't know like is it teenage peter parker oh in the game yeah he is or is it already like established spider-man so in that game he is graduated college and he's working in a lab so he's already because yeah the original like story story i think was him or at least the way i understand it still the origin is him is like a teenager in high school still gets bit right Mm -hmm. when they're on the tour and i don't know how many times they've like yeah, maybe retconned his origin, so I don't even know anymore, we're, right? We're kind of tired of the origin story anyways, which was nice for Homecoming where they didn't do that. That would be a first because every Batman movie finds a need to tell the story, Yeah, which drives me nuts because that's 20 minutes of a movie that you've just... <laughs> yeah, let's just completely segue into Batman for just a bit. Uh, I, I read the New 52 Batman for like four... So for comics... They've I do, undone all of that, yeah, though. I do volumes. I, I know, I know. And then we'll get to that. So I, I do volumes. I don't buy single issues, but I read like four volumes of Batman. And the one thing that I liked about that new 52 Batman is one of them, they, like I was reading it and all of a sudden I thought that my comic had been misprinted because they had the pages in upside down and sideways and panels like going in all different directions, but that's, it was on purpose. I didn't. Was that the Court of the Owls? It was the Court of the Owls, the first volume yeah. of that. So... I read a bit of Batman. I read a bit of Harley Quinn. A lot of Batgirl. I have Gail Simone's autograph. And um, the autographed um, first issue of Secret Six is over here. I got oh, her to sign that. Excellent. She's cool, isn't she? Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah. Um, she's a little um, social justice y for me sometimes, but oh, yeah. it's usually on a pretty solid thing where she, if she, and she doesn't curt her language at all, right? So when she calls someone a piece of shit, it's usually like, yeah. Yeah, she's probably doing it for the right reasons, right? So, <laughs> no, so, she was super chill. I had a good chat with her. That's good. So after after reading a bit of everything, including all of Wonder Woman for New Fifty Two, they went ahead and you know redid re did Rebirth, and that's when I kind of jumped ship. I'm still reading Wonder Woman uh, for Rebirth, but the only other comic I'm reading is Saga. Mm, so you know, you don't like Saga? No, I haven't read it. Oh, you um, haven't read it? Okay. No, they in two thousand. 
eight, they had Batman use a gun and made a cannon, and it drove me insane. Oh, that, okay, yeah. Um, I get it. He had to say it was him saving the universe, and like Dark Side had been turned into like a guy, mm-hmm. and so Batman used a gun and shot Dark Side. And I'm still, to me, the kid who started reading Batman in 1984 or six or whatever, Batman doesn't use a gun. Mm-hmm. Batman will always save you no matter whether you're good or evil life matters to him yeah and for him to flat out murder someone just like it was it's very out of character and it was Grant Morrison and he was trying to justify it through these like by saying it was such an artistic motif of and I'm like I don't like people are people like Superman is Superman he's like the ultimate boy scout and he should always be that way so like right. in the movie when he like snapped Zod's neck I'm like okay you've lost me yeah, the DC movie universe is kind of a mess. It's garbage. Like, w- did you like Wonder Woman? Um, I'm not emotionally invested in Wonder Woman, so mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Ares was ridiculously stupid. Yes, he was. Um, uh, uh, wrong wrong actor for that role. Just turn him into Ares. Why did he have to stay the British guy's face, right? Like, yeah. Make him grow and make him Ares, right? Like, at some point, he should have just morphed into, like, that big, badass comic book version of Ares yeah in like the blue black armor right but like Thermoscara perfect yeah um I can't remember if her origin was her being molded out of clay or not because there's a couple different Wonder Woman origins right where she's either molded out of clay or she's just a the princess or Zeus or whatever Zeus's daughter yeah Yeah, right so like I'm fine with whatever so like that I'm glad that they went with the guy crash landing on the island again right um I thoroughly enjoyed her. I'm okay with them not taking her back to the U.S. And that's why she's like, they made her more of like a world hero instead of a United States raw, raw kind of character. Um, Yeah. Ares would be my only beef with that. Um, I'm actually excited for Aquaman. Okay. I am. Um, I am not. (laughs) I could not care less about that hero. Do you know who Peter David is for writers? Peter David. No, I don't think so. I would put him right beside Gail Simone for my favorite character development. Mm-hmm. Like, she took six really crappy DC characters in Secret Six and made mm-hmm. me love every single one of them. And Peter David did the same with um, X Factor. Okay. With, like, Multiple Man and all those guys. But he also did a run on Aquaman in the late 90s. Right. That is to die for. And it's oh, the nice. long hair with the beard, mm-hmm. bitter, less like, hey, I'm the guy that talks to fish. Like, he had grit to him and he had character to him. And I'm hoping that. That's what they're showing that they're going towards with him. Yeah. It's kind of the Peter David version. And if that's... If anyone can pull that off, it would be Jason Momoa. See, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so like... (laughs) Oh, yeah. But he just, he has that badass look. And for too long, Aquaman was like the crappy green tights with that stupid orange shirt yes the blonde nice blonde hair and the dopey smile and he would like ask whales to help him right he, he like, was the comic relief yeah, yeah right and he was just the joke he was just a joke right he, he was and um yeah that peter david run where he, like in the first episode he lost his hand because hmm. he was fighting for his life and the guy stuck his hand into a pit of piranhas or something and they just mowed his hand off okay and then so then he had like this spear attachment on his one hand and he grew his hair out and yet and he looks like momoa does right yeah and he became more of like just this badass and then the guy wrote some really good stories about like just not him coming out of the ocean to help earth but about the going-ons in atlantis and like what's going on down there like i'm guessing that black manta is the villain i haven't really Mm. looked into it yet but like he has some decent characters right and if he's written well good writing trumps everything right like 
you could take any character and like if you write them well i'll read it yeah i think spider-man has always been my favorite overall i haven't read a lot of the comics for spider-man because there's just an overwhelming amount of places you could start yeah i've learned that you can pretty much start anywhere um such as where i started with new 52 but the todd mcfarlane run is where i'm thinking most people would point you Mm -hmm. and I know some people are bitter because that is what spun off into like Venom and Carnage and then the clones and Ben Riley and stuff like that. But like, um, who's been writing or who wrote Spider-Man for like a good six years here? Mm, Yeah, I can't say. I can't remember. Like, I've got a couple of volumes at home of a Spider-Man comic, but but I don't know who wrote it. They finally handed the kind of like they picked a guy and put him in charge of the direction. I have them upstairs and it's like. I swear it's almost called Homecoming or something also, Mm -hmm. right? And they rebooted him and like redid it and zoned in and finally focused on the fact that him, he and Batman probably have the two best lineups of villains. Yeah. That you could easily go for five years and write a good story. Like do like a three-part story. Every three months, do a little arc with one of your villains. You could go forever with those guys. For sure. And that's what makes Spider-Man great is because he has cool villains as a kid. Like, I watched the crappy 60s show, but you had Doc Ock, Mysterio, Rhino, like mm-hmm. the Sinister Six. You had Craven the Hunter, which is an amazing story if you ever wonder. Um, Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, I, I heard I, on your one of your previous episodes, I heard about that. Yeah, and it's just because it's so dire, right? And it's like, it's well written and you there's this guy and he's like supposed to be the world's greatest hunter. And he's like, well, if I can't kill Spider-Man, boom. Right. Like, right. It's just, oh boy. I, and to a kid, you're like, Whoa. <laughs> so I remember I went on a ski trip once and I actually bought a comic on the way to BC and it was a Spider-Man comic, but they, they showed him dead for some reason. I can't remember what the arc was or anything like that. I just know that someone dug up this hole and there was a, a skeleton with Spider-Man's clothes on his, his costume but there was a different Spider-Man in the comic, which I think might have been Ben Riley. Uh, uh, I, I don't late know. nine. There's a reason that the movie stuff is finally coming back all together now, mm-hmm. is because Marvel pumped out an insane amount of garbage in the late nineties. Like there was six Spider-Man titles a month. Mm-hmm. Um, there was easily Wolverine in three to four titles. There was probably eight X titles that's crazy uncanny x-men x-force x-factor x-stat like um they were already catching on to the deadpool train and having him in a billion different things a month and they went bankrupt oh yeah in 98 or 99 a big crash that's when they started selling everything off for the properties and that's where 20 was it 20th century fox yeah fox bought spider-man spider-man fantastic four x-men got bought off and I think, and that's what's made it horrible for the cinematic universe up till now, right? Right. And it's just, you, it pumping out crap doesn't mean it's good, right? And it's just for sure. And that's why, for a long time, I kind of blacked, just stopped comics. It's the writing was atrocious, right? Like the New Fifty Two, completely. I really enjoyed Batgirl and New Fifty Two. Mostly. I don't know if I read her, but is I think New 52 is where they had Joker cut his face off. And yes. Like, yes, it is. Death of the family. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you guys can do better. And then bringing back Jason Todd was a hard pill for me to swallow. Mm-hmm. I finally have accepted Red Hood now because 
they do him okay and they needed that kind of like grittier reminder that batman can fail yeah and that there's him showing that killing sometimes is the route like it takes time right and it's for sure the storytelling is yeah it's few and far between but if you look around my house it's like batman stuff right and like and in my kitchen i didn't show you when you walked in like mm-hmm. the guy who used to own readers downtown before chad um it was greg i don't know if you ever met him he was the previous owner down there no but like, i definitely didn't i was all in i bought everything batman every month and so like hanging in the kitchen is an original signed piece of art from the nightwing comic in the 90s right i will be sure to check that out on and my way out it's like the original hand drawn and inked before they scanned it to put it in the comic ver- yeah. like panel from Nightwing and it's from my favorite writer Chuck Dixon mm-hmm. because like once again it's like he had Nightwing move off to his own city kind of set up his own shop and it was like this really cool coming of age story about like Batman does it this way I didn't enjoy these things he does but I'm going to do it this way and so like right. he was still like it was still those really well done like the detective stuff was in there it's not just punch you in the face violence like the movies would prefer like hmm. he was still doing some of the detective stuff but he still had his contacts from him being a teen titan and it was just this very cool like we all read and watched kind of Nightwing grow up yeah for sure and become almost the parallel to Batman before they kind of slid him in there during I can't remember if it was the new 52 or before that where it was him and Damian Wayne yeah were Batman and Robin I've got a friend who really likes Nightwing yeah in all aspects and it's that series that kind of brought him up to the A yeah he wasn't just the former sidekick anymore right it's like grew into his own yeah and it's like and then when later in the 90s early 2000s they had finally Hal Jordan was dead. Oliver Queen was dead. Nightwing had brought himself up to Batman's level. Donna Troy was on the same level as Diana. They had brought up like the 80s and 90s characters and put them on that same level. Yeah. And then DC just kind of like wiped the table, brought back Hal Jordan, did the War of Light. Yeah. Brought back Oliver Queen and kind of stuffed everybody else away for the Arrow universe. And like. Yeah, I've uh, read a bit about that etymology. I think is the word where they have the progression, but the fact that DC keeps like rebooting a lot, both companies I think are guilty of it. Yeah. Marvel for sure. Yeah. But they're out of ideas. Like that's too bad. Yeah. Like (laughs) like, they went from having one infinite crisis in the mid eighties to having like a crisis of some kind. Yeah. Every couple years. Um, And I blame Marvel. They proved that the event thing mattered. Right. Because they had like Civil War and then Secret Invasion. Mm -hmm. And then they just they rattled off like five years in a row, five major events. Big events. Yeah. But people bought them all. World (sighs) War Hulk, like everything. Right. Like it just (laughs) they kept going with these big events. And now the movies are grabbing off of these big events. Right. And it's just I've enjoyed the MCU quite a bit. Homecoming. I don't know if it would be my favorite, but it's it's really near and dear to me because Spider-Man's my boy. Yeah. I like the kid that they hired. I like Tom Holland, sh- yeah. Yeah. Him showing up just even in um, Civil War and kind of like stealing the shield from Captain America. Like yeah. they're making him that childish like, whoa, I'm powerful kind of like. Mm-hmm. So I will watch Homecoming at some point because like the whole tagline of Spider-Man with that great power comes great responsibility is like yeah. a lesson that kids need to learn right they sure like, do yeah i i've enjoyed most of this stuff except i didn't like the hulk movie 
too much. Although that's the one that the kids really like. Did they do one with Ruffalo that was a flat out Hulk movie? Not with Ruffalo. Yeah. See, I would like to see a Ruffalo one and like Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok was too much of like a buddy cop movie for me. I think it was still enjoyable. It was enjoyable, but I really feel they rushed to get Planet Hulk Hulk Mm -hmm. on the screen. The gladiator version of him. Yeah. And they could have told an awesome three movie story of that, right? Like, No doubt. I feel like they're rushing now. Like they did a really like Iron Man one was amazing to me. Iron yes. Man two was amazing to me. The first two Captain Americas, like Winter Soldier, is one of the best graphic like trade series that you could ever buy. Yeah, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie, hands down. Yeah, and they pretty much took it ninety percent of out of the comic book, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Ed Brubaker, who's one of the best comic book writers out there. And they just took it from him, and that's how, like. In an era where everyone's been brought back from the dead 12 times. Right. They brought Bucky Barnes back in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. That he survived the crash. And that he was reprogrammed as this assassin. And I didn't question it. I'm like, that's well written. I can That is well that. written. As opposed to the way where they brought back Jason Todd through some pretty horrible writing techniques that they kind of changed for the animated movie. Yeah. I, I think I've heard this story where... Um, some ver- it was like a younger no some weird version of Superman got angry Superboy Prime Superboy Prime got angry banged around a bit Jason he Todd banged comes on out of the, the walls grave. of reality yeah it's atrocious that's stupid and it yeah it woke him up in the grave okay why and, not hey? but then when they did Under a Red Hood the uh, DC animated movie they just had it that Ra's al Ghul stole his body right after he died and threw him in a Lazarus pit which makes a hundred percent more sense to me right. And then that's something go- that's been established in the canon. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And but they the original version. Mm-hmm. Those were like my examples of like, here's how you don't bring somebody back from the dead. And Winter Soldier was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And just the whole then Cap being haunted about I couldn't save his life. And now he's this bad guy. And like the whole is my friend Bucky in there somewhere. Right. Like, right. It's, it's a great story. And it just I don't know. Yeah, my favorite meme from Winter Soldier is when there's a, a slide of Cap holding the helicopter in that movie, and then the caption for the next panel is when your bro is looking so swole, and it's Winter Soldier like <laughs> <laughs> looking like, damn, dude. <laughs> See, but I hated Cap three because mm-hmm. like Civil War was like because they didn't have the rights to everybody. Civil War involved the Fantastic Four, it involved the X Men, involved everybody. Yeah, and they it couldn't was, do that. So then it was like when there's like six people fighting each other. Yeah, right? when it's a six on six fight at the airport, it yeah. doesn't feel so spectacular anymore. No, and it, so they should have hung off on it, right? But they had this plan, right? They wanted to keep going, and like I knew I never liked Marvel's outer space stuff. Right. But then in the movies, Guardians is one of my top three Marvel movies. Yeah, the first Guardians is excellent. I wasn't so into the second one. No, I don't. Yeah. Ego, whatever, right? And that's why I probably didn't like the stuff. Like, I didn't like Silver Surfer. I didn't like um, Galactus and all, like, Ego. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried watching the pilot episode of... Who are the guys that live on the moon? Uh, Was it the... um, With the dog... They're oh my terrible. god! Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue, actually. Yeah, but them, them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those guys. But that was bad, right? Like some things are rushed, some things are unnecessary. The Inhumans is the Inhumans, the term yeah. you're looking for. Um, but who's the guy who can't talk? The leader. I don't know. I don't know the story. Oh, nice. Anyways, but yeah, he's supposed to, like 
it's just some things are rushed and they don't do a good job and like I really enjoyed Peggy Carter it got cancelled oh that's a shame I was thinking about watching that um, and it was great and it was like it's one season two I think two seasons I watched the whole first season it was fantastic and it like it did an amazing job without being social justice warrior-y yeah at show, because back then guys were sexist and women weren't supposed to be in a powerful role it would have been like mm-hmm. watching the honeymooners it would have just been horrific yeah. sexism right and just to show her being this amazing agent and still navigating through an incredible an incredibly sexist world yeah. was such a well done show it and helped. then it's the one that doesn't live on right and yeah. it's like it helps that Haley atwell is drop dead gorgeous is that who plays peggy yes Carter? yeah like yeah and that is isn't even a thing like she's i get it because it's cap's girlfriend right mm-hmm. but like they did it so well and it just it didn't live on and yeah then, i heard it's a good show and but then like i couldn't watch watch agents of shield like i just found it was silly right i, but I, I didn't watch that either <sighs> there is a like a lot of content out there that i and haven't I was, just stopped like steph's watching going back to dc she's watching the flash which my friends say it's all right, but they know they don't know DC. Yeah, it, it confused the hell out of me. But when there's it, how many versions of him? Because there's Barry, there's Wally, yeah. there's Earth Two that has. Um, yeah, as soon as they started getting into Jay like Garrick with the little tin hat. <laughs> yeah, like, Earth Earth Two, Earth Three. I was like, oh my god, please. See, and that's what I liked. But there was there was a multiverse, but it only went up to a certain number, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was like. I can't remember what earth it was, but it was where everything was backwards, right? And it was like the Injustice guys, right? Right. And so it was Ultraman instead of Superman and he was evil and Wonder Woman was his wife and she was Superwoman and it was Hmm. like the owl was Batman, but he'd used all of his power and his money to be evil. And Power Ring was just this doofus who found a ring that could do anything. And then Luther was the ultimate good guy on earth, right? Nice. And that was one of the earths. And then, yeah, then there was like um, the Justice Society was Earth 2 and those were the old like 20s and 30s like comic book people so I heard they tried well, to well before my time <laughs> yeah but like but they kept them all apart and then they smooshed them all into this one world at one point it was just like now there's too much crap going on right and it's like damn dude too much crap there is I heard Flash is good but that's for my friends who like would ask me questions they're like well who's Gorilla Grodd and I'm like okay he's the giant monkey like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you or know. they'd be like oh this season has Professor Zoom and I'm like okay cool he does some cool stuff but like nice. they need to move slow like Flashpoint was the last relevant Flash story in the last probably 30 years right yeah and I know they're gonna try and cram it in there too fast or do it wrong right yeah I think there's just an overabundance of superhero stuff right now and it's hard to say when that will ever, if it will ever stop. Maybe if it stops making money. There which, needs to be a break after Infinity's done. Oh, the yeah. The second one. Yeah, and I think a break would be nice. Retire all the actors. Get rid of Downey. Get rid of all of them. Yeah. Kind of build it back up. The Spider-Man kid's probably good for a while yet. Yeah, but like, Tom Holland will be there for a while. I think but, <laughs> one thing that I heard for Star Wars going forward is that they're going to slow down after the next movie. That's Which, because they went in hard and they were like, okay, we're going to do Once a, a year was too much, I think. But it was twice, right? Because they were doing one of the episodes and oh, then yeah. they were doing an origin movie, right? Yeah. Or like Rogue One was like the origin of the pl- them getting the plans and then they did episodes, or no, what was it? It was seven and then Rogue One and yep. then eight and then Solo. Solo. But which they I, wanted to do nine uh, and then Young Boba Fett, which yeah. I think is a TV show now. And then they wanted to do Young Yoda. And it's like... Yeah, superheroes, Star Wars, it's all just got to slow down a little but bit. There's, 
I can't think of anything else that was original and amazing in the last, let's say, 20 years besides Harry Potter. Harry Potter is and if you a say Twilight, well. you're never coming back in my house again. Uh, nope, nope, can't. <laughs> I won't be saying that. Because, like, hmm. what else is, like, well-written, well-done on the book form and in the movie form, and it's great. Like, Potter's probably it. Yeah, so... I don't watch a lot of this other stuff, but, like... No, what I'm excited for coming up, I don't know when it's coming out, but Peter Jackson's doing Mortal Engines. Okay. Which is about giant cities that move around and eat each other. Hmm. Like, that seems interesting. I'll watch if that. It, if it's original and cool and the characters are endearing, I'm all for it. Like, I just watched Fellowship of the Rings, the the four-hour version. I watched the first mm. half. I've watched the first disc of it last night, and it's like... Yeah, that's that's the movie you sit down, like, all right, this is my afternoon now. Yeah. <laughs> That'll probably be the rest of my evening, old dad, or watching something on Twitch. Cool, cool. Um, I probably have 40 Steam games that I've never finished. Oh, yeah. That I need to, like the XCOM reboot I never redid all the way through. Um, Darkest Dungeon, I love the grittiness of it, and I've never played it all the way through all the way yet. I, I like finish that game. The, yeah. I want to finish the story mode on battlefront 2 oh you've you've got uh the gamers problem this these yeah, days your, your steam library is too big and there's not there's not enough time to play them yeah, all and then there's pillars of eternity and um what's the other one that's like diablo-ish um I path of exile yes yeah. and that sequel came out i haven't finished the first one yet i'm like <laughs> i'm literally 20 percent in on about 30 games yes i've been a little better at that lately where when Spider-Man came out, I just focused a lot on Spider-Man. Guilty Gear is still, a, because it's a fighting game, I have to practice pretty much every day, which is different than any other games I've gotten far into. But Spider-Man, I hammered out in like a week and a half. And now I'm on to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. The Spider-Man falls, for me, it fell into that category of like, I really want to finish it all. And the last mm-hmm. game that kind of got that buzz was Zelda. Oh, Breath of, the Breath Wild, of the Wild, where people felt compelled to finish it. That game is so good, and I waited way too long to play ha- it. But I'm one of the, I have it. It's like the last game that came out for Wii U, mm-hmm. and we have it. And like I was, but once again, the controls bug me because of the two knobs, right? Yeah. Like I hate that. Yeah, they, I need a computer. I bought a Switch just so I could play Breath of the Wild and some of the new stuff. Yeah. I'll upgrade to Switch at some point. I need PS... Well, if PS5's coming in the next two years, then I'll wait, but, like... Yeah, I wonder... Like, consoles, they've been pretty much the same pattern for quite a long time. And Atari announced they're doing a console again. Oh, yeah. The flashback consoles, hey? Or no, Atari's doing a new platform. Atari's going all in. Wow. want to be a player again. I'll be impressed if that happens. Because they've been out of the game for quite a while. I didn't even know they were... St- I thought someone bought them up, kind of like how Nintendo bought Sega at some point. Yep. I just figured that Atari got amalgamated into something somewhere. Yeah, it definitely not, was a publisher more than a... Well, it hasn't developed a game for a long time. So we'll see if it happens, right? Like, Yeah. Are you going to get like a Super Nintendo Classic ever or a Nintendo... There's the Genesis Classic. Hey, right um, on. Somewhere in there is the SNES, which... I love them for the fact that they made it that you could plug it in and put games on it. And they made it a big enough internal memory that you could put a thousand games on it. <laughs> they made it purposefully hackable. Oh, the, these are different than the ones that I've been seeing then. No, the actual Nintendo SNES, they made it purposefully hackable. Oh, I see. 
which is I love it. The PlayStation Classics coming this year. Yeah, but there's there's no way I'm picking that up. Back then, I only got those systems for like the wrestling games, though, so I would be indifferent to it. But like, the Genesis was purposefully bought because it also had the cartridge attachment, which mm. the Nintendos don't. Right. And sadly, the what was the game store in town called? They closed down. Replay. Replay closed down, but I went in there and bought NHL 96 before they closed. Nice, dude. <laughs> so yeah, like I like that the cartridge option was there. Nintendo didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Nintendo, the SNES one, you literally, they made it a big, because it only came with like 12 or 18 games or something. Yeah, not right? many. But they purposely made the internal memory big enough that you could almost throw the whole library in there. Absolutely. And they made it that you could just plug in, plug it into the internet, and just start throwing the ROMs on there, right? Yeah. And so, like, it had Final Fantasy 3 on it, and Zelda 2 or 3, mm-hmm. and I just threw them all on there. Perfect. So, yeah, I just printed out the map for Zelda 1 somewhere. Cool. <laughs> to go through that. But that's the thing, like... Too many games, not enough time, right? That's just adulting. Yeah. And, and I, I'm feeling that, and I don't even have offspring yet. I know. So, <laughs> and I like watching him because he's not a normal kid. Like, I play more Fortnite than my 10-year-old does. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes Civilization. He likes Hearts of Iron. He likes... Oh, wow. The hardcore strategy intense stuff. Intense strategy games. He'll come downstairs and be like, Dad, I just annexed Poland. And I'm like... Dad's going to go look up what annexing a country means and then we'll have this conversation, <laughs> right? Or he'll be like, I took over this country by force, but I think I'm just going to make them a puppet state. And I'm like, okay. I also enjoy the strategy games a lot, more so than I used to. Uh, I Watching, cannot, cannot wait for pa- Panzer Corps 2. So yeah, like... Some of like Civs is about it for me. Mm-hmm. The Hearts of Iron, watching him like down to the like points of like how happy you make the country is how hard the workers work <laughs> in the factories on how fast you pump out the weapons. I'm yeah. like, that's a bit granular. Yeah, like he's like, if I make this country fascist, this and this will happen, and the people will work harder. But if I go socialist, I get this and this and this will happen, and the people are this way. And I'm just like, you've lost me. Nice. I'm like, I'm a 44 year old man, and my kid knows like how the world works. I guess like well, as far as like conquering and like yeah, pol- even just the politics and like how war works. Mm-hmm. He gets it. Interesting. Yeah. It's strange. As a history buff, a lot of strategy games throw really cool scenarios that I like into your 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 into your face. Yeah. And. That's what Panzer Corps is about, where you get to do all these cool World War II campaigns, and some of them are alt history. Where Panzer Corps, I'm totally. Is it on Steam? It's on Steam. Okay. I'm waiting I'll for show the sequel. It to him when he comes over. Yeah, I'm waiting for the sequel just because I think it's pretty close. Um, but there are some scenarios there, like what if, what if uh, the Japanese had invaded Russia at some point, at the same time as the Germans were. Yeah, and that's some of the download content now for Hearts of Iron has mm-hmm. stuff like that too, right? Like, yeah. Because I think the main version of it focused on Europe and all that, mm-hmm. like Europe, Russia, U.S. coming over and stuff like that, like the Allies and yep. Axis. But now there's like a South America one where you're like, oh, okay, cool. we can add this fact. Like, so now he's unlocking more parts of the world that he can interact with this, and like he can tell them pretty much like what their agenda is for each country. 
Interesting. And then hit play and it'll play it out, right? So it's yeah. super cool. For strategy, I don't know if I like that aspect as much, but XCOM, for example, I love that. Turn base is my jam. Turn base, tactical, yeah. and focuses on the, the combat aspects. Yeah, yeah XCOM, Th- cool. even the original one was like that back in the 90s. I remember playing that mm-hmm. like 30 years ago ish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and I like the turn based stuff. Good. But that's why I also enjoyed like how we met, like War Machine, like turn based strategy yep. is my thing. And that's why I play Hearthstone. It's why I played Magic the Gathering. It's why I played War Machines. Yeah. It's why I do role playing games. Imperial Assault's awesome because it has a mini skirmish game that mm-hmm. I'm, I'll have to show you. I painted all my dudes up. Excellent. Um, we're at two hours. I don't want to keep you any longer. Two. Oh, yeah. Felt like five minutes. I know. Generally, people want to leave faster. I'm kidding. Um, Thanks for coming out. Um, Do you have any platforms people can find you on? Um, No, I've I've actually been trying to reduce my digital footprint lately. Um, But I would like to plug the QCF one more time. Yeah, go nuts. So that's been my obsession lately is the Queen City Fighters group. We are a fighting game community that meets once a week. And starting this Sunday, we're meeting at the Board Game Bistro. And we just get together and have a great time. And we're, we're always welcome for, for new players. And we'll teach you games. We'll, we'll whip you a bit, but we'll make sure you get good along the way. These board game coffee shops are a fantastic new thing. They're really cool. One of the guys who's playing Edge of the Empire with us, he um, runs random D&D 5th edition stuff there on cool. weekends. And yeah, I just, I like that it's, I don't know. I enjoy the gaming culture, the board gaming culture. Yeah. Um, I, you, I don't know. There's no real dicks in it. Occasionally you'll come across one, but I just find sure. it's a very like, you go there and you're like-minded people and you mm. find like-minded people to yeah. hang out with. Well, thanks so much for having me, Paul. Right on. I appreciate it. Mm.